forever. Dog. Have you seen ET? Yeah, I think it's funny when he um, when he when he does drag. I love when mm-hmm. ET does drag. Yeah, remember when ET goes in the office with his agent? And he's just like, "I want to get work," and he's like, "Michael, you can't get a job. It's about a. It was about Love Canal, and ET's just like, "I want to be on a soap opera." Are you talking about Tootsie? Yeah, extra Tootsie. That's what it stands for. Tootsie T. How about this? Tootsie T. Tootsie T. There it is. I just want to get a job. I'm a good actor. That's your Dustin Hoffman. No, that's my ET. Mine, mine, mine would be mine would be a little bit more down here. I think that's my ET. My Dustin Hoffman's then much give me different. Your Dustin than Hoffman. Then give me your Dustin Hoffman. Put him up. Put him up. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go Kramer versus Kramer. Remember in the movie Kramer versus Kramer when he goes, this is Kramer versus Kramer in here. Yeah. He goes, oh, what is this? Kramer versus Kramer. And then Kramer comes in and goes, Jerry, you got to help me out. Right. He's like, I hate I ever you. You, boom, 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 you can't boom, help. Boom. You can't not mention Seinfeld around me. Brent, would you do me a favor on this episode? <laughs> would you edit in Seinfeld? No, base don't do things? it. Brent. Sorry, Please, is that for me? This is a de- no, oh, this is a yeah. democracy. I no, should get is. a vote. No, it's I not, should get yeah. a vote. No, I vote. I vote that we do not have Seinfeld sound effects mm-hmm. on our podcast. Okay. That we do not use those stupid bass All, bumpers. Everyone who wants Seinfeld bass sounds. Brett does the episode, not. I'm sorry, Brett. No offense. Them, no offense, Brett. Yeah. Brett, I know you are a no offense. Okay. You don't get a vote. This is between okay. me and Tom. Right. Tom, no. Okay. We're not doing this. Uh, we're not doing this. I was going to propose a contest to decide a winner here. No. Uh, no. Now, look, I, no. I respect, no, I respect no. rule of law. If you can find a one degree of separation connection between Seinfeld and a Coen Brothers movie, uh, which no. is the theme of today's no. episode, no. then no. I'll, I'll edit no. it in. No, 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 One degree no. of separation. It's very easy. I can, I can do that. What was one of the uh, Arizona... Uh, Quin Quince did did she was she like seventeen in like nineteen ninety eight and did Jerry friggin date her? No, it's very easy. the The one degree of separation is uh, Peter uh, Osars. What's his face? Not Peter Sarsgaard. Is uh, Peter Sarsgaard? Not Peter Sarsgaard. It's what's his face? The the maniac who puts them in the wood chipper in Fargo is the one Stormare. who steal, who Stormare. gets Stormare moves the Frogger machine across the street. Fine, I don't care. Uh, sorry, I Julie, I got to edit in some sounds now. That's fair. Fair's fair. Boom, boom, you, boom, boom, boom. All I want is one. I never, boom, 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 boom. I never signed on to the thing. This, Both of you are Brent, in this cahoots. is what I would like. Sorry, is that me again? What's that? Yeah. I'm okay. talking right to you. You think I'm talking to Julie? I'll call you by your name. Okay. So. It's Brett. 
If you could enter in, enter in. I'm if you try- could insert. I'm just trying to think of what I hate I, most about Seinfeld while you're thinking. I'm, try- I'm coming well, up can, with my I own can, list well, in my head. Julie, it's pretty easy. What? Seinfeld. That's what you hate the most about no, I'm Seinfeld. I'm saying the, the, that's is what, the, what I hate about Jerry him. Seinfeld. Oh, I, I thought you were saying what you hate most about the show Seinfeld is Jerry Seinfeld. No one likes him. Imagine being the lead on, on your own show named after you and you're by far the worst actor and worst character on the show. I hate that we're still talking about this. That's how, that's my mood. You're doing an impression of my yeah. mood every time you bring up Seinfeld. It's beep because I have nothing to add except for just sitting here and like waiting mm-hmm. for it to end. Okay. I just hate it so much. Then you should just say to me, yada, 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 we stopped talking about Seinfeld. You're telling me my safe word. And it's in the parlance of. You should say we were joking around. You started talking about bumpers from the show and then yada, yada, yada. We stopped talking about because the trick to that would be that we are talking about Seinfeld. I was trying to get you to. I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. Okay. Then we're not going to ever mention Seinfeld again on this show. Well, you don't need to be passive aggressive about it. No, I'm being extremely aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there is literally nothing passive about this tom's loading his gun no. and making eye contact with Look, me brent can back me up on this it's a funny show who cares <laughs> <laughs> who cares i don't care about seinfeld i don't care about friends leave me okay. alone i'm allowed oh i didn't I'm say you were allowed. allowed i'm allowed this also, how about this? How about this is a safe space where you don't need to hear about those two things? How about that idea? How about that notion? Mm-hmm. Sure. Let's do that. We'll keep it in oh, the yeah. vault. <laughs> Never seen you angrier. No, we'll put it in the vault. You just did something with your mouth that was just like. No, I just mentioned another Seinfeld like, reference. <laughs> putting oh, it did? in the vault. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't need to just talk about Seinfeld. I got other things. I got other interests. So, uh, what else is, uh, uh, Uncle Leo, Uncle Leo, that's on Seinfeld also. I had an uncle, I had an Uncle Leo, I had Uh an Uncle Leo. Well, you still do. (laughs) I'm going to give you three uncles. You tell me which was the fake one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uncle Stanley. Mm Mm-hmm. Uncle Bernie. Okay. Uncle Irving. Uh, I'm going to say, first of all, I just, I know you were not related to Stan Lee. So I'm going to say that's the fake one right there. Uh, Stan Lee was not your uncle. So I say not right. A. No, You're I'm going right. to say Bernie. Bernie was not your uncle. No, Bernie was, Bernie was my uncle. Okay. I had an uncle Bernie. Then, then Irving. Irving is fake. Okay. I'll now give you, you do, three. Now you do okay. some. You do some. Yeah. I'll give I'm you guess three. Which, and you tell me yeah. which ones. <laughs> this is a game on. called Guess My Fake Uncle. Yeah. Guess My Fake Uncle. Let's <laughs> see. <laughs> Paul. It's like Paul Schaefer. Like, Paul, can we have some music? Paul, can we have mm-hmm. some theme music to Guess My Fake Uncle? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Michael. But you have to say Uncle okay. Michael. Uncle Michael. Uncle Clark. Uncle Duncan. <laughs> They're all fake. It's all Michael Clark Duncan. <laughs> 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 
You can't play this game without being serious okay. about it. I'll play. I'll play for real. Uncle John. Uncle Jim. Uncle Nestor. You have an Uncle Nestor? Well, maybe I do. Maybe that's fake. I'm going to say Uncle Jim is fake. No, Julie Klausner, what? you won the game that was fake. Really? Yeah. And you know what now, you win? What? Seinfeld t-shirt. Ugh. <laughs> no, but it's got it. that cool, I'll, I'll cut that it up cool into, logo on it. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll cut it up with... With I'll use it as rags to mm-hmm. give my cat what I call the experience, which is what his vet asks. Sometimes what you want to do is like just like take a warm, wet cloth and just like press it up against their butt. Mm-hmm. That's the experience. <laughs> it's helpful. Yes, it's helpful for like, you know, they're okay. they're like anal glands sure like, well i'm gonna i'm just gonna say one thing now if we are not allowed to talk about seinfeld on the show what i'm not allowed I would to, like talk like to not talk giving, about the experience well, I give, sometimes i get i sometimes give jimmy the experience okay and he is always surprised i will sure, tell you that would, it's not that, that, would, that he doesn't like it it's not that he does mm-hmm. like it but he's always surprised well i would it. say one thing i am not surprised about is that he is surprised by that <laughs> It's might be a total surprise for him. I would be like, yeah, I'm not surprised that he is surprised <laughs> by a hot washcloth. Yes. It's just a little. On it's his, the, I on mean, like, behind. that's what he would call it if he, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I, I call it that because I think that's what he calls it in his the head. experience. Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you a. Uh, exchange that I had with the manager of my building that was pretty pathetic and makes me seem like an insane person. Yeah, and now there's please. a paper trail. Absolutely. I asked if I could. So I've been like fantasizing about how do I start this? I live. So I, I moved to my new place like a little over a year ago mm-hmm. and I live above someone with a balcony Okay. And in my new building, there aren't as many birds as there were in my old building that Jimmy used to like mm-hmm. um, chatter at. Sure. And so I have been like thinking about it and I finally bought like a bird feeder and like a giant bag of bird seed that I was like, I need to figure out how to communicate with my downstairs neighbor to say like, would you mind putting this bird feeder out on your balcony mm-hmm. to attract birds? Because my cat seems like kind of depressed and I want him to, you know, have some birds to chatter at. And so I was trying to think about what's the least socially awkward way of like presenting that to a stranger. Mm-hmm. Because like the worst way is to just like leave it in a box outside of yeah. their door, right? Mm-hmm. With a note saying, you who I live above you. Do you want to put this outside of your balcony? Right. That's like the worst way to do it. Yeah, that would not Correct? be that. That seems like a, a an ineffective way of trying to make this happen. So then I thought, OK, I'll ask my building manager to like forward an email from me mm-hmm. and I'll like and I'll enclose like a bunch of photos of Jimmy looking sad. 
Okay. You should play so that I, Sarah McLaughlin song. You should I know, little, I know. You should put a little thumb drive out in front of their thing. <laughs> and when they put it in, it just goes like, in the eyes of the What is that song? How's that go? Something again? like that. Yeah, the one they use for all it the sad like, animals. I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a slut. I'm your mother. I'm your sinner. I'm your saint. I do not think I ain't. Yeah, that put that song on it too, and then put uh, "Where Have All the Cowboys Gone?" Isn't that uh, a song? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then you just put all of Lucinda Williams' "Car Wheels on a Gravel Road" on the next side mm-hmm. of the cassette tape, which it is. Mm-hmm. Then put, anyway, my yeah, so, my so building, you want to get this. So my building manager didn't neighbors. write me back. I explained the whole situation. I say, can you forward an email to my neighbors? I'm going to ask them if they can put a bird feeder outside on their balcony to feed birds to attract mm-hmm. birds because my cat is getting older and is more depressed yeah and they didn't respond so i wrote to him again and then i wrote to him a third time and he finally wrote me back oh then i started a new email chain completely with a different subject header mm-hmm. and i was and it was and it just said hey would you mind forwarding an email for me and I just didn't mention anything about Jimmy or the birds in it. And I was like, hey, I was just wondering if you could forward an email to my downstairs neighbor. Mm-hmm. And then he wrote back like, sorry. Hold on. Let me read what he wrote this back. Is, this is the best. <laughs> Hi, Julie. I'd like to apologize for the delay in my reply. We cannot provide any personal information on other residents in our building since this is considered invasion of privacy. On a second note, I would like to inform you we have received in the past complaints about the pigeons. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> complaints, complaints about the pigeons laying on the terraces sure. and not allowing our residents to enjoy their outdoor space freely. Therefore, some of the terraces have been treated and sealed to avoid pigeons to nest or stay there since this is a... Con- an inconvenience. So if you have other questions or concern, please reach out. Then I wrote back. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to figure a way of crushing up this bird. Seat Cause I have screens on my windows. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to put like a couple bird seeds, like through the screens a day. I'm going to just push it through the screen. Okay. I think this is a foolproof plan. <laughs> and Julie, you're not going to want to hear it. <laughs> I'm going to get kicked out of my no, building. You're not going to want to hear it. What? Do you know what TV show this could be a plot on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Now you made me feel bad. No, I think it. Look, I just want your cat to be happy. I want me Jimmy. Jess, I want Jimmy Jess to be happy. Yeah, after all those applications of the experience, mm-hmm. yeah, I can say it because you said your thing. No, I, I look truthfully. I have no problem with you talking about the experience. <laughs> you talk about the experience all the live long talk, day. I don't have to talk about it, but we both know about it. Yeah, I would say. Can I crush that bird seat up and just? What like put well, it down like I'll use like syringes or something. I don't know how I'm going to get it through the screens. Well, can I just also say one other thing? Hey, everybody, welcome to Double Threat. Welcome to Double Threat. My name is Tom. 
My name's Julie. And we are the two best of friends. The best of friends. And we are the stars of this show. And we're joined by our erstwhile producer. And dessert chef. Erstwhile. Yes. How are you today, Brent? I'm good. Uh, oh, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Sorry. I, I, I keep hearing, I, I keep thinking I hear you say Brent. I think it's just no. my brain. No. Your name's Brett. You don't think right. I know okay. your name? Sorry. That's just, it must be on my end. Just yeah, my brain. Yeah, what happened to the, what happened to the dessert? Oh my God, Julie. I'm, I'm, I'm on, uh, I'm on round three. Still haven't gotten this thing right. Uh, I'm going to keep plugging away. Um, this doesn't sound very delightful. No. For a, for a lemon delight. I mean, yeah. isn't the whole idea of a lemon dessert supposed to be light and fun and carefree and not like, damn it, you know? Yeah. I think I think little baby Sandy's getting a taste of, he's he's hearing in the kitchen, God damn it, son of a bitch. God damn it. Ah, screw all of it. God damn it. Fine. It's garbage. It's all garbage. God damn, this tastes like crap. <laughs> like Sandy is in like regressive therapy trying to understand why he can't eat anything that tastes like lemons. Yeah. <laughs> without, garbage. without hearing like daddy shouting at himself. You idiot. More trash. I just more made trash. more trash. I just made more trash. Just throw it all out. Fine. I guess this is garbage too. <laughs> So start all over again. No, it's garbage. It's crap. Oh man, I'm really excited for today's episode. Are you guys excited for today's episode? Oh, I am. I am. I know I am. Now, so what? So you're back at the drawing board with this uh, lemon oh, delight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that what it was called? Lemon delight. Lemon delights. It, it is a deceptive title. You think it's just going to be mm-hmm. nice and easy, but this thing. I mean, look, it's a work of art, and you can't. Well, it's you, a you, delight you to eat, it. but it's it's hard to right. You have to sweat behind the scenes so the person eating it can think, "Oh, that was effortless." Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you've done it right, it seems like it was the easiest thing in the and world. And you haven't, and, and you've tried three times, and you haven't figured it out yet. But you're no, going I'm, to. I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. Okay. Uh, the okay. the consistency of the sponge cake continues to be my main problem. Um, right. So I'm looking at some maybe some different types of trays or pans that might cook at a different kind <laughs> of rate. Um, so how many times have this. you been at the surplus store yeah. this week? Yeah. Last week. Yeah. I think the solution is more pants. Stomping up and down the aisles. Meanwhile, Uh-oh. the people who sell pans are like, you know what your problem could be? Yeah. That's your problem, Brett, as mm-hmm. you're listening to the salesman of pants. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I have your, I think I've figured it out as you need to buy $2,500 worth of more pans. I'll tell you what I think my real problem is. The the, the creator me. of the Lemon Delight, Sal Dorizo, this famous chef on the Amalfi Coast, he he posted a video <laughs> and a recipe of him, because this is his this is his big moneymaker. This is it. You know, this is what his whole reputation is built on. And I found this recipe that he had posted online. I was like, wow, this guy's giving up the secret here. He's posting it. Mm-hmm. I think the recipe he posted is a is is, is a fake recipe. Yes. Yeah. So I think he posted that to, to get you off and to make you think, oh, these things are impossible to make. Only Sal Dorizo can make them. Mm-hmm. So I think it was mm-hmm. an intentional uh, red herring 
Uh, and I, and I went, I, 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 I did, you know, hook, line and sinker over here. I, I, I bit, you know, bit into that. Uh, uh, did you watch the YouTube video, like the Zapruder footage yes. and you were like, wait, mm-hmm. what you did? No, I've truly gone, gone frame by frame. I've slowed did it at down. Any point, at any point did Sal go, Hey, now I'm going to lie to you. <laughs> and, and also a good question, Brett is. Sal, what would you, how would you what what kind of glaze would you put on a red herring? Wait. <laughs> oh, that's a no fool boy. Wait, what's the guy's last name again? Sal, what? Uh, Sal Dorizo. A- <laughs> Sal Dorizo. Tom, Tom. Yeah. I think we're entering 2022 with yeah. like no more rubs and glazes. I think no. Brett's new thing is his obsession with Sal Dorizo. Well. I think you know you know that it's a clean Julie, break here. Which one do you think comes first, Valentine's Day 2022 or Sal Dorizo as a guest on Double Threat? I'm afraid of inviting him as a guest. I'm yeah. I'd be afraid for the man's well being. He's got some questions to answer. That's for sure. I mean, that's that, what yeah. I mean. Is it seems like yeah. it seems like intervention. It was like, oh, yeah, we just have one final interview. And then you open the door and people are like, yeah. here's how you've hurt me. What if what if we get Sal DeRizzo on and he just <laughs> is like so belittling to Brent and it's just so insulting. Like, yeah, you couldn't make the lemon squares right, you moron. You lemon delight. You couldn't get it right, you dunce. <laughs> we have we open and it's like Sal we have he's zooming in from his kitchen demonstrating mm-hmm. it blindfolded yeah. he's just he's doing like it's like doing a Rubik's Cube it's like one of these he has maniacs one hand, that do a Rubik's Cube in 10 one seconds. hand tied behind his back yeah and the other's just giving is flipping Brett the bird the whole time yeah. <laughs> wait now I'm, I'm hearing you saying are you really you're really you're not saying Brett I'm saying Brett Brett uh, yeah. that's so yeah. weird you get the lay that's how you make a lemon delight you moron. <laughs> Can I see a photo of this Sal Dorizo? Yeah, gladly. I'm not comfortable gladly, but. He's also featured. Uh, we, my, my wife, Amy, and I went to his restaurant when we were in the Malfi Coast several years ago. And then he showed up mm-hmm. again. He's in. If you watch Stanley Tucci's uh, uh, show oh, on CNN where he journeys to Italy sure. and he goes to he goes to Sal Dorizo's restaurant mm-hmm. uh, and Sal does a quick again, very quick tutorial of the Lemon Delights on the Stanley Tucci show, which is when I was mm-hmm. like that kind of re-energized my interest in these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tell you what, yeah, this guy is like he's almost flaunting, you know, by pretending how easy it is. I, I, here, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll pull up a picture. I'm sorry. Let me, let me find this real quick. Here he is. Look at this guy. Okay. <laughs> he's gonna. He's gonna wipe your face in it. He's gonna. Oh hate you. man, this guy's gonna bully you, Brett. Yeah. This guy's gonna have your. He's gonna have your. Uh, There's he's your, making lemon delights. He's just he's just churning them out one after the other. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, he's just fl- look at the look on his face. <laughs> Those well, look like meringue to yeah. me. Brent, let me say this. With with think about it this way. Yeah. Sal Dorizo can make a lemon delight. But you know what you can make? An audio delight. Oh. And you make one each and every week Thank when you. it comes Thanks. to double threat. You you are that is your lemon delight. Thank is you. Is the is the the masterful the masterful editing and sh- 
mixing and wow. structuring. Then you could do that with your eyes because you you want to why you want to hand the raw uh, the raw tracks of double threat to Brent Dorizo or whatever is that's his name. <laughs> Yeah. You give give him the raw audio, tell him to put the podcast together. He'll send you over the raw ingredients for a lemon delight. You'll be in better shape than he'll be. That's a good idea. That's a great point. That's that's either a good idea or a terrible idea to be like, we're gonna make these two people do each other's jobs and make Sal Dorizo edit a podcast together and Mm -hmm. Brett gives him instructions that are wrong. It's like step one, take garage band and like flush it down the toilet or whatever. Brett will be like, so I'm trying to get the, uh, no, Sal will be like, so I'm trying to get the levels right on this thing, but I can't get the thing. It, it, it's in stereo. I'm trying to get it to a single, single channel. What am I doing? Here, it I'll send you a quick, I'll send you a quick video of me doing it. It's super easy. <laughs> there, did you get that? You see that? Just do that. Just do what like, I just did. Oh, Brett, Brent, how come I can't sync this thing up? The one, the one, the one, the fellas thing is just way too loud. Hello? Hello? And the Bambina, her thing is way too quiet. (laughs) He'll be like, come back to the Amalfi Coast. Do you remember when... I'm about to say, I'm about to say the stupidest thing I've ever said. Yeah. Please, I cannot wait. You teed it up. Do you remember when Jay Leno did a commercial for Dorizos? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. The denim delight. <laughs> there it is. Why Jay can't Leno. Jay Leno Dorizo Denim Delight. Why can't Jay Leno do a TV show called The Denim Chef? And he was wearing like a denim toque, denim yeah. apron. What else is going on these days? Uh, anybody <laughs> follow with this, uh, this Sal Dorizo is talking all about uh, these lemon delights? <laughs> That part where he has the lower voice to me is like, I think of that as the sound that his motorcycle makes when he steps on it. <laughs> and that's like Sounds the like horn the that his, Something wrong with his, the student, like, his Studebaker makes. Yeah. I got my Model A. I'm driving up the 101 in my Model A. Well, look, we got a, we got a really exciting episode today. Uh, we're doing... Uh, uh, we've been talking about this, I think, for a long time. It's finally happening. This is very exciting. Uh, we are doing a, 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 the Coen Brothers uh, um, a Tournament of Characters. Coen Brothers Tournament of Characters. Uh, we're going to go through all the top Coen Brother characters from all their movies and then kind of March Madness style. Uh, 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 you guys all filled out brackets. And then we're going to go through your brackets and, and kind of debate and discuss who you think the best Coen Brothers characters are. Uh, well, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll describe this a little bit more when we get our guests on. Uh, and speaking of our guests, we are going to be joined here after the break by uh, the co-hosts of the Blank Check podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Griffin Newman and David Sims are going to join us for the Coen Brothers Tournament of Characters. Uh, don't go anywhere. 
Hey everybody, Tim Heidecker here with huge news. Office Hours Live recorded another episode live. It was one of our great ones with the great Rory Scovel, who's got a new special out on MAX. Oh, yeah. And the Trinity's here, DJ Doug Pound. Yes, hello. And Victor Berger IV. Hi, hi, hi. Can't wait for the fifth. We enjoy the heck out of doing the show, and so will you. If you find us on the podcast app of your choice, now. So let's start by talking about Seinfeld. So anyway. No, Tom, stop. No. Griffin, David, thank you for coming <laughs> on to the show. How about that, Tom? How about we I'm do not, that? I just want to say to Griffin and David, <laughs> two things. First of all, welcome to the show Double Threat, which I am a co-host of. Thank you for having uh, us. Yes, thank Secondly, you. I am no longer allowed to mention Seinfeld in any way, shape, or form on the show. The only way it could be mentioned has to be a, a, a it's like a, it's like a, uh, it's like in a political thing, equal, mm. uh, equal, what is it called now? Equal airwave rights or something. What is You're it? You're allowed to respond if one of us brings up Seinfeld? No, no, no. I have to also talk about the experience. <laughs> this thing that I when do Julie, to my cat's butt. When Julie I put a up, warm compress up against his butt uh-huh. to... Make sure that his anal glands are working properly. Uh-huh. And after he poops, and I call it the experience. This is I, I, sure. I, I feel like and that is that is Seinfeld. That is the counterweight to Seinfeld. That That's is the yeah, I hate yes. I hate Seinfeld, and I hate talking about Seinfeld. It's capital T, okay. capital E, the experience. I mean, I will say I like talking about Seinfeld, but I'm also curious to hear more about the experience. So can I just say there, <laughs> yeah, there oh, is, yeah. and it speaks to, I think, good taste and character actors. There are a lot of shared uh, performers, I feel like, between Seinfeld and particularly 90s Cohen. Like you have. This is what Brett was. Brett was trying to do okay. this before. Okay. I and mean, I, and, yeah. and I, I don't want to say I shut him down, but, but I shut down. I came personally. to it independently. I came to it independently. Yeah, absolutely. Because look, we could talk about how Peter Stormare uh, yes. shoves uh, uh, someone into a, a wood chipper and so then also usually, moves a fogger machine across the street. Usually, but, usually a vet will not have to express a mm-hmm. cat's anal glands. Traditionally, mm-hmm. they will do it on a dog. Sure. But uh, Jimmy was just special, I guess. Sure. Jo- anyway, John, there's a- John Polito yeah. is a perfect example of someone where his Coen Brothers characters feel like they could fit into a Seinfeld episode, Absolutely. and Silvio yeah. feels John like he could yeah. be in a Coen Brothers. Film. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I feel like we need to stop talking about Seinfeld because John Polito has been mentioned, and I want respect. Yes, I want us to all like put this, put you know, yeah. hang Just our silly things off up our caps. to yes. yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. Like right. put to bed our childish notions yes. of tit for tat and equal mm-hmm. airtime. This yeah. and. You know, oh, well, the black and white cookie who gives a shit. John Polito was treated by these two great men as a leading actor in like their first, I mean, serious big budget picture. Mm-hmm. Takes such a sack, mm-hmm. as Mr. Sharpling would say. Yeah. I mean. Wait, I would say the, that? Well, you talk about sacks when you're talking about cojones or chutzpah or whatever. It, whatever. I don't know how you say it. But I'm just I what Hold a bold a choice. Second. I don't think you I You said ever. that uh, you the sack on this guy you said a couple <laughs> weeks ago, remember? <laughs> you said the sack on this guy. He was talking about Santa Claus though. <laughs> Thank present you, Brent. Sack. Brent, Brent gets it. How he, uh, great would it be if John Polito showed up instead of Santa? 
Oh, the best. In in your home. Uh, I mean, this, this year. You're right. That's that's or the Coen Brothers version of Polar Express is definitely John Polito is at the end of that train yeah, ride. The Polito right. Express. The Polito Express. Uh, can I can I say <laughs> I, I think look, you can only take a local to see Polito. I'm sorry. There's no express. Mm-hmm. And and there are no private cars. You you're just in <laughs> general pop. Um, can I say well, right off the bat? And I don't envy the task you had in front of you because even just choosing between all of these matchups was difficult. But I, I am going to, over the course of this episode, spotlight some people who I think should have been included. And the omission of yeah. Polito in all yeah. four quadrants was a big mm. one for me. I mean, I guess I guess he he passes before he really had a chance to make an impact in the in the fourth quadrant. In the, the, the final most recent. quadrant, sure. Yeah. Right. He had a very memorable bit in HUD Soccer Proxy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that jumps out to me that I think is in my top 10 Coen Brothers characters possibly is uh, his um, uh, dry cleaning entrepreneur and man uh, who wasn't man who there. Man who wasn't there with that yeah. wink when he mm-hmm. winked. That was yes. funny. Mm-hmm. I, I believe his last Coen's appearance. Wow. I, think. I wow. think he went out on that one. Yeah. Pretty good, eh? Fools even the experts. 100% human hair. Handcrafted by Jacques of San Francisco. I hate to have to tell you what I paid for it. Mm. Yeah, it's a nice rug. I'm paying it down on the installment plan. A lot of folks live with the paint exposed. They say the dames think it's sexy. But for my money, it's just not good grooming. And grooming, my friend, is probably the most important thing in business. After personality, of course. (laughs) I mean, as you said, Julie, Miller's Crossing is the obvious one. I mean, the hi hat—it's sure. like that's that's a legendary Cohen's character. But but Polito, yes, Polito. I'm glad Polito's common ground. We can all agree one of the mm-hmm. all-time grades. In fact, maybe placing him. And by the way, Griffin, I'm thrilled that we've started out by criticizing Brett. That's a great <laughs> way to start because we could all great. gang up on him. It's a great it's a great great bonding tactic. I was just gonna say maybe the presence of him would have made the contest. Like the shadow he would have cast on everything no. would have made it impossible. The final, the final four could have been Polito versus Polito versus Polito versus Polito. And then what do we do then? We'd be screwed. I mean, it, well, you it, pick a Polito. Okay. Well, you know. no, of course that's what. Let me, and you let me go just Polito picking. Can but, I? But, thank you. But you go Polito picking. It's the Gabby Douglas argument. Is she throwing <laughs> off the curve? It's is mm-hmm. is Polito performing at such a high level that even uh, what eight years after his death, no one can really compare. Yeah. I want to just say, if you don't, if you're not familiar with these two uh, fellas, mates, they do a show, chums, called Blank Mm -hmm. Chunk. What is it again? A blank check. Blank check. (laughs) And I'll say this: we all, Griffin has been on the show before as Mm -hmm. his uh, as this character. He's an aviator, doesn't it? We don't need to tell people. Oh, he's been on the show before, but he has been on the show. He has been on the show before. I go on that show. Mm-hmm. I'm beloved on that show. I'm beloved on that show. On the other, hey, on Julie, his other show. Julie, I'm so you beloved. Got, you the got fans, an invite coming by saying that right now. You got an invite coming. The fans want me on. Been on that other four thing. Years, I think. But what? What the the blank check fans do not like me. They do I not really? like me. I don't think that's true. I, I think am you're talking wildly true. disliked. I think you're talking sub community fandom. I think you're talking sub fandom. I think a lot uh-huh. of our fans were best show people. 
mm-hmm. uh, starting out. And I think now our, our listenership has expanded where you, you have subcategories. Sure. No, they mm-hmm. look, I, I see what they say over at Reddit and they sure. don't like it. I just want to clarify. A lot of our listeners don't like me. A lot of our listeners often That's say, I, mm-hmm. I wish Griffin wasn't on the show. So I, right. I think that just Who's speaks that to our listenership. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Right. Well, that's unacceptable because I this agree. is a winning show. They do blank check mm-hmm. and they go deep into the movies and the filmographies. And that's why we had these two experts on this episode, because nobody would be a better fit to figure out who the best Coen brothers character is to guide myself and Julie on this adventure. And uh, what we're going to do today, and, and if you're listening uh, at home, uh, follow us on uh, Double Threat Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You'll find a blank uh, ballot that you can fill out yourself uh, and mm-hmm. go ahead and post those ballots. Tag us. We want to see what you think oh, the best uh, Coen Brothers characters blank, are. Blank ballot. Is that anything? Yeah. Say blank. That is a I thing. Yeah. I like that. That's great. You'll find your uh, your own blank ballot uh, on at Double Threat Pod. You fill that out. You can also use it to follow along with today's episode. So what we're doing is uh, 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 I picked 32 of the most famous. Famous and beloved characters. Unfortunately, uh, John Polito's character is not included among them, as well as some other major omissions. We could talk more about that. I will. Uh, and they were placed into a, a March Madness style single elimination uh, bracket. The bracket itself is divided into four divisions based on uh, different eras of the Coen brothers uh, career. Uh, and then each division is seated one through eight, uh, depending on uh, uh, the character's popularity, cultural impact, critical reception and importance within their respective movie was the criteria I used. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was that I was just my went criteria. With my gut. I just went with my gut. Oh, no, that was Same. just my criteria I, for selecting the characters. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then got you it, guys, got it, got and then and then Tom, got Julie, it, it. Griffin, okay. and David each filled out their own brackets based on um, our own criteria. Based on their own criteria, yeah. and I've got those brackets here. I thought we would uh, go through them, look at where there was a lot of commonality. There was also some big, big uh, uh, differences of opinion on these brackets. Uh, so yeah. I thought we'd go through, look at the differences of opinion, and uh, and uh, debate and discuss uh, who the greatest Coen Brothers characters of all time. The are. cat from Inside Lewin Davis wins. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> But which right. cat? The first cat right, or the second cat? Or I, ca- I haven't watched it since it came out in the theater because I got so stressed out about the cat. I, cu- I yeah. couldn't. I could not handle that. You remember that, Tom? Oh yeah, no, you hated. You hated that that cat I was. Cu- I couldn't handle it. There was yeah. like he was. He's on the subway. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is like a night. This is a recurring mm-hmm. nightmare I have. I just mm-hmm. couldn't. And and you were like, no, it's a good movie. It's about failures. I was like, mm-hmm. I'll take your word for it. I couldn't focus on anything yeah. else. I've seen that movie so many times. I love it. Uh, so uh, division one, here's the seating. It's uh, in uh, position one, Edwina Ed McDonough from Raising Arizona, played by Holly Hunter. Uh, two is H.I. McDonough from Raising Arizona, played by Nick Cage. Three is Barton Fink, played by John Turturro. Uh, four is Gail and Evel from Raising Arizona, uh, played by John Goodman and William Forth- Forsyth. Uh, five is Bernie Birnbaum from Miller's Crossing, played by John Turturro. Six is Glenn and Dot from Raising Arizona, played by Francis McDormand and uh, Sam McMurray. Uh, seven is uh, Charlie Meadows from Barton Fink, played by John Goodman. And eight is the hitman Lauren Visser from Blood Simple, played by M. Emmett Walsh. Um uh, I'll, I'll uh, kick it over to you guys in a second here. Uh, the big the big area of contention to, to kick it off with in this first division uh, was H.I. McDonough versus Charlie Meadows. Mm. Um, that was that was really where the most disagreement was. Um, uh, Julie had uh, Charlie Meadows coming out of that uh, first round. Could I just say oh, why? Because yeah. I because yes. I my, my criteria is just like because Charlie's the devil. 
Damn right. I also, well, I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go go ahead, Brett. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, Tom, I think actually Tom was the only one that had uh, uh, H.I. McDonough coming out of that, uh, out of round okay. one. Everybody mm-hmm. else had Charlie Meadows, but then um, David and Griffin have Charlie going into the final four. So they're big Charlie Meadows fans. Oh, so wow, I, I thought okay. we'd start there wow, and discuss uh, discuss yeah. the uh, 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 who, who are the Charlie fans and why and who are the H.I. McDonough fans. Well, it's, I, for me, it's not a, as much of being a fan as much as just like just you put all your money on the on the devil. Yeah, because that's as Tom would say, that's old scratch. He always wins. He's, he's been with us since before there was a, you know, the, the sack on that t- guy. The Sorry. sack on that guy. Yeah, but yeah. you know, you say to that is you say, you, I like to quote my friend uh, Ricky Rose, Rick Ross. I say the devil's a lie. Bitch, I'm the truth. Uh, that's what you would say to Charlie as he comes down the hall say, with a shotgun. Me and Rick Ross Screaming would come Heil right Hitler. at him. Me and Rick Ross would come right at him. Ricky Rose. And we'll go to a wing stop. He, you know he owns over 10 wing stops? Rick devil's Ross. Not a, devil's not a lie when Hitler's at the wheel. I'm I'm older than this crew on this show here. I saw mm-hmm. Raising Arizona in a theater. First run. That movie made a huge impact they were on like me. Trying to sync up the audio. And then there was that part where the train came and everybody left mm-hmm. the theater because they no, were scared. I was you scared. have to memorize a song so you know what speed to crank. The handle at right. Sure. That's, no, look, yeah. I saw. I'll admit, I the fir- these are the first movies I saw. <laughs> saw uh, the one with the moon, where the rocket lands in the moon's right. forehead. Yeah, I huge saw that twist one. goes in his eye. Right. I saw the one with the cannonball no that hits coming. that guy in his blubber gut. In his I saw that one in the theater. <laughs> I saw the Did one you- with the failed airplanes that all collapsed. The, 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 with the wind, the one that just bounces up and down like that. Um, I saw there- Melot sneeze in the yeah, theater. The kiss, there's the one where the lady kisses the man with the mustache. That was like the, the deep the throat of its time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then that train one, when that train was coming through the theater, oh, that, I stood you, up. I you was knocked like, over, you trampled seven children to death, I heard. Yeah. You said, get out of my way, if you only, brats. Oh, if only I could sight. Oh, my. Oh, Brent knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Another character that ran out of a party when he thought there was a fire, but I can't. So when I saw that train coming, I said to myself, I keep hearing Brent. Look, I know that we are all in full color and that everything on that screen that we paid (laughs) to come into this room to watch is somehow in black and white. And that I know we're at a movie theater and that there's no train anywhere near us. But when that thing came rolling at that screen, I was like, get out of here. It's going to kill us. And I ran and and I was the only one that ran out of the theater. He stepped on a woman's head. I did my old 23 skidoo. <laughs> so you saw Raising Arizona in the theater, Tom. Yeah. So that's why I would put. You cry at the end. Well, I still cry at the end. Yeah, I find it a very it's a very. Uh, we're all parents. We're all parents are wise. Mm-hmm. So that's why I go with H.I. Mm-hmm. Um, Isn't that just such a perfect phrasing? A dream of like where adults know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's just so it's just such beautiful writing. And it seemed real. It seemed like us. And it seemed like. Well, our home. 
If not Arizona, then a land not too far away, where all parents are strong and wise and capable, and all children are happy and beloved. I don't know. Maybe it was Utah. I I will say I mean there, I I was going off of different metrics here depending on the matchup, but I was also trying to think about balancing my ballot, and it's like a Goodman character has to make it far, right? And for me, it just broke down to this is the this is the best Goodman character and performance in my opinion. You know, agreed. So sure, while agreed. while I love Atron Madonna, I was just like I I kind I, I have to give him the the nudge. And on top of that, what you're saying, Julie, he is Satan. He he is Satan. He's perhaps the greatest character of all time. You know, so the Coen brothers have inherited this character and they made him their own, mm-hmm. and then linked him to perhaps their best collaborator on the acting side. So that's sure, just sure. a winning combination for me. That's a fair. That's a fair point. I will say though, we're not having this discussion if. If uh, Nick Cage doesn't play that character. Right. You're saying he raises the ceiling so much. I'm saying the Coens don't get to be the Coens. If that character doesn't happen the way it happened. If raising Arizona doesn't pop, there's no Barton Fink. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Brett, do you mind if I if I jump over to the other side and and talk about the first matchup of Ed McDonough and Lauren Visser for a second because this yeah, please, this please. plays into what Tom is saying. So this was one I found very challenging because Lauren Visser for me does represent that, right? This is the the first Coen Brothers protagonist and not just in terms of his creation but in terms of his casting, placing a guy like M. Emmett Walsh who is not usually at the center of a picture. Uh, not actor, not character. Griffin uh, calls them pictures. I call them pictures. He does. Yeah, Marty taught him that. Yeah, Marty mm-hmm. taught me when we were doing. I don't want to brag. The pilot for Vinyl, one of the few shows to ever be unrenewed. <laughs> unrenewed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Renewed, <laughs> then retooled, then unrenewed. Then they said, mm-hmm. "We don't believe in the sunk cost fallacy. Let's cut ties." How many millions did we waste? Who fucking gives a shit? Done. Down to the bottom of the ocean. Sink Done. It. Marty calls them pictures. Um, but uh, th- but this is what was tough for me. Okay, is that I was going like, do you do you give Lauren Visser the pass on seniority? Not only is it obviously a great performance and a great character, but you have to sort of acknowledge the importance he holds in the filmography. But then what was weighing against that for me was. I pick Charlie over H.I. McDonough. That makes me feel like I need to pick Ed to balance it out to See, show for, some for raising me, Arizona for love. For me, there was absolutely no thought process. There, all I all I saw there was Holly Hunter's cream. I love him so yeah. much. That's it's fame. And, and and that was just the most indelible female comedic performance mm-hmm. uh, of, of all time. I mean, they they really just showed we are here to make these amazing and and honestly yeah. i would have put jennifer jason lee's character from hudsucker proxy in this yeah. Oh, yeah. julie Absolutely. julie look at Next my bracket look at my bracket if we're going to talk see about your ed. bracket tommy we're going to talk about ed you look at my bracket look at that wow both julie and yeah. tom have ed in the final four oh, coming ed up division one wow. that's that's amazing i love that tom i love that about you Thank you, Julie. And I love, I love, see, Julie, I love so many things about you, but I'm glad you found a thing to love about me that I put Ed into the final four. You know what? Yada, yada, yada. Oh, now I love 
even more about you. All right. Now Tom has Fine. to talk about the experience. Yeah. Um, is that did you get that because that was like the Jimi Hendrix experience? Was that a thing he was into? Jimmy at the time, Jimmy Jazz. The Jimmy Jazz experience. <laughs> That's a good T-shirt idea, Brett. Write that down. The Jimmy Jazz experience. Do just uh, are you just are you experienced and Jimmy looking really surprised? Yeah, like like. So all, all four of us picked Ed. That was unanimous. Yes, Ed was the unanimous wow. choice. Uh, I believe Bernie was also yeah Bernie uh, Burnbaum from Miller's Crossing and. Yeah. And uh, Barton Fink. So it really just came down in that first round. It came down to the final choice. Yeah. Uh, but that choice ended up being uh, making the difference for these brackets. Wow. Uh, so Julian Tom both picked uh, Ed McDonough coming out of the first division. And uh, Griffin and David both picked uh, Charlie Meadows coming out of the first division. Sure. We had evil triumphing, which yeah. I'm realizing. Yeah. Yeah, not only do I have Charlie coming out of this bracket, but mm-hmm. I also he faced off against Barton. In mm. the second round, yeah, and I had him defeating Barton as well. So there was a, Truly, yeah, just a recreation mm-hmm. of the film's yeah. face-off, and I I picked Charlie. Brother, is it hot? How you been, buddy? Well, don't look at me like that. It's just me, Charlie. I hear it's month, Madman month. Not my build, it's my personality. Can I ask a question to the group? Of the four brackets, which are uh, which are uh, which are sectioned off in terms of eras, mm. what yeah. era is everybody's favorite Cohen Brothers era? It's tough. Because I'll I say for me, for me, I'll say right off the bat, my favorite. 2008 to 2018 it's my favorite era by far it's funny i uh, looking at this i wasn't expecting that but then when i actually run through it it kind of feels the most consistent to me my uh, I, yeah yeah i it, it it might it might be and think about that, how yeah, impressive that's it is that's such a for, good question for basically Tom. 25 years into their movie run right that's about 25 years mm-hmm. like 2008 to 84 right mm-hmm. 24 yep. years that that's when they they hit a hot streak like nobody's business Post-Oscar. for ten years. Yeah, right, right. I'm gonna make a letter L. I'm gonna say the only one of these brackets I'm not crazy about is 2000 to 2007. Sure, no, I would agree but, with that. That's definitely the post, uh, the post Fargo. Yeah, Lebowski. Right. The, what are we on the uh, comedies? Well, but then ending with yes. no country, obviously ending it's, with it's, their sort of big triumph. Right? I think consider as a dark period, but it's a period I'll, I, I'd like to defend a little bit when we, we get to it. But unequivocally, it has to be the worst. Just by yeah, oh, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just well, the saying lady no, killer, it's, well, the lady killers stinks up the. A little bit. You're like, oh, I should have sprayed some poopery. I like lady killers, but it is just. Why? Their worst movie. It has Tom Hanks is really funny in it. He's Agreed. really funny. Yeah, in it. he is. But everything else it. about that movie, I would. Do you like say... the original Lady Killers, Griffin? I do, and the original Lady Killers is better. You uh, like that picture? I like that picture, but uh, mm-hmm. I th- I think if I think if Lady Killers is the worst movie ever made, you're in a pretty good position. <laughs> and I think we're also <laughs> viewing it as a Coen Brothers film, which it is obviously. But you're also like that was their attempt to make a mainstream comedy. That was their yeah. like swing down the middle. Can we make something populist? Yeah. I when thought Hudsucker was that, that way, too. They've d- three yeah. times I would argue they tried to do it. 
It was lady killers, heart sucker, and intolerable cruelty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, intolerable it, cruelty is meant to be as a a quirky crowd pleaser version right. of the right. Until so there's that magazine, right? <laughs> like, oh, okay. The, yeah. the thing with them, we all agree, lady killers is their worst, but their second worst movie, whatever you think that is, is a great movie, basically, right? Yeah. Like well, I don't that? know what you guys think their their second worst movie. Is. Intolerable well, Cruelty well, has really gr- grown for me over the years. Oh, that's years. a great movie. It's, it's yeah, a movie yeah. I love, and Hudsucker Proxy is not it's objectively my, the it's best. It's my favorite. It's, it's my, my personal f- favorite as well, Julie. Ah, Griffin! Let's it's get my married! personal Let's favorite with a Griffin! Griffin, we'll meet at a beatnik bar, and we'll both Absolutely. go like this. Hudsucker <laughs> Proxy is my second least favorite Cohen wow, movie. Wow, wow. My my second least favorite is Burn After Reading. That's the only other oh, Cohen movie. Burn After Reading. But I would that say I didn't so love. I'll say with Burn After Reading, uh, I, I, I like I like reading. it better than Hudsucker Proxy. I think it's their most bleak nihilistic movie. <laughs> it's is very nihilistic. That's what Connor it says too. It's out. so funny. It's them at their. It's them at their most. Yeah, human is hating acidic. is burn after yes. reading. I it's, know, but the music is so poppy. I'm it's probably like, top ten for me. It's, it's top ten for me. Lyrics ever, but this song is so catchy. This is something I think people are gonna find very controversial. I believe my second least favorite. And he's gonna say Big Lebowski. I'm gonna say Big Lebowski. I knew See, it, mm-hmm. Griff. I, you know what, Griff. I, there was a moment where I was sort of not not maybe second, but I was sort of down on Lebowski. Yeah, I rewatched it. That thing is fucking incredible. I like Lebowski. It I want to make it clear. So good. It so looks incredible. It, like it looks I'm just saying, so good. Lady Killers is maybe the only one I don't stamp a capital G mm-hmm. on. But so you got to just mm. say like what what is my G least favorite for? masterpiece? Great Griffin. He puts a oh. Griffin stamp on each thing he likes. Yeah. Oh. Well, uh, speaking of Big Lebowski, let's get into Division Two, which covers the years 1994 to 1998. Uh, a real, a Brett, real c- yeah, not sorry, so yep. fast. I just okay, do yeah, want please, to yeah. call attention when we go through each bracket. I'm going to say uh, omissions that you left off. Yeah, yeah, I please, think. please, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I there was some. I mean, it's, it's fun tough. for everybody. I live to be criticized. So please, Polito yeah, is Johnny Casper and Miller's Crossing. I was live the big to one be criticized. Hold yeah. on, I just need to process that for a second. <laughs> I live to be criticized. If 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 I'm going to this guy, my, you know, this wait, guy has done, made the I'm same dessert for his family three times. Every day, you know, get you get up, this you get better. He's trying to make the same dessert for his family. <laughs> this lemon three delight. Three times been... he messed up. There's this guy named Sal Salderizo. Dorito or Sal, something. Sal Dorito. Oh, this piece of shit is lying to Brett, and Brett is convinced he's like. Brent, Brent, uh, yeah, Brent, Brent, lying uh, to me. Brent is copying this guy's YouTube videos, trying to make this this lemon delight and he keeps throwing it out over and over he's got a garbage can overflowing with globs of lemon goo uh he's bankrupt i think this guy's putting up i think he's putting up fake recipes online to to get people on on the wrong track i think you heard a red light you've heard of a gas lighting wait i thought it was red lighting never mind i was gonna say yellow lighting never mind i'm so stoned well man I'll I'll say Griff, and I think you might agree with me. I think four raising Arizona entries was maybe too many. Yes, and, and I love I, raising Arizona. What else is gonna? What else would be there instead? Well, I could I, do an eight character bracket with Barton Finkelow. I'll agreed. just begin there. Yeah. I'll also point Michael out that Michael Lerner. Mer- Michael Lerner is their first Oscar nominated actor. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. And you know, so he's a tough omission. You have two he, Barton Fink. He talks so, so fast. Know. He talks so fast. The closed caption. You can't keep up with him. And oh yeah. yeah. He talks Here's so a, fast, I, he makes John Machida look like Joe Perra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> here's oh, here's Tom, another thing I love for you me. so much. We You're have my favorite. We have four Raising Arizona entrants yeah, in this yeah. first quadrant. And there's no Shalhoub in that first bracket either. But I I think you put Nathan Arizona in there over mm. either Gail and Avell mm. or Glenn and I Dot. Would, yeah, I think you put yeah. in one of those duos. I I can't decide which one, but I think Nathan Arizona kind of has to be in there. Over Nathan Arizona or who? Over either Gail and Avell or Glenn and Dot. And I'm leaning towards over right. Gail and Avell. Mm. But That's also, what gut. about Shalhoub? What about Shalhoub? Shalhoub might come up uh, later, Tom. I might Shalhoub put Shalhoub in another one. Shalub is divine, divine. and divine. Barton Fay. I yeah. love that they I, have him eating in both movies. It's so funny. And I got a little bit of Shalub. I got a little bit of Shalub Cohen trivia, trivia right from the guy himself that I will drop on everybody in a later bracket. Oh, gimme, gimme. You'll Mr. get Mark. it later. Okay. okay. But yeah, but Shalub is a great Cohen actor. Uh, and that's one of the first. Look, he's a great actor. He's a great, he's a great, great human. I don't know I where you are on this, Griff, mm. but but F- Finney in Miller's Crossing is the other one I'm kind oh, of. I thought missing. you were gonna. I thought you guys yeah. were gonna mention Marsha Gay Harden or Judy Davis. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. embarrassment of riches. That's the thing. David's right that you could do like eight just for Miller's Crossing, eight just for Amazing Arizona. Like mm-hmm. th- this, mm-hmm. that first quadrant is their fewest films. Mm-hmm. But they're maybe the most dense in terms of the bench of well, character impact, and it's performance. It's certainly impact, most impactful. Yes. Like Tom always says to me that like they've, or I don't know, I, I've just heard, I, I don't know, Tom, we've talked about this before, yeah. that they've like, they keep making Blood Simple and then they keep making mm-hmm. uh, right. They keep Arizona. coming back. Those are the two like, yeah, right. sure. Yes, yeah. right, right, yeah. right, right, right. The first two yes. films set the model for what they go back and forth between. Yeah, they have their passions and- they like telling stories that are different forms, whether they're telling a folk song and in inside Lewin Davis or whether they're telling, yeah, you know what I mean? Like they're, whether they just, they like using, or they're doing a true crime thing with Fargo mm-hmm. and they just, they have their, their, their go-to moves that, that when you take a step back from the entire filmography, you see the way that they've been, telling us these stories over and over. You start to see the consistencies and the patterns. Well, um, You know what I figured out you could name the first bracket? What's Barry that? Sonnenfeld bracket. The mm, Sonnenfeld. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, one of the things I kept on trying to go back to, because these are all such tough decisions, is like the balance between how much credit I give the performance and the character on paper, right? Like for me, the best characters are kind of like equal amounts of both versus like, is this just an actor having a fucking ball with this kind of thing? Or is this just a character on paper that is so dynamite that no one could fuck this up? And the standard is so high because they don't really have bad characters and bad performances. So I was looking for the harmony of it felt like both working in equal measure for a lot of these. Mm -hmm. Is this what your show is like? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty annoying. This is no, also like I didn't, say, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Well, I is, said it. This is like what our text thread is like too. This is like Dave yep. and I just like text like this into the wee hours. Mm. That's cool. 
Yeah, it's so. Are you re- are you ready for the next bracket? Cool's the let's word. Uh, yeah, let's get into Division Two here. This covers the years 1994 to 1998, a real golden era for the Cohen brothers. This is uh, Fargo, Big Lebowski, and Hudsucker Proxy. Um, and our seating here goes like this: um, in the first slot, it's Marge Gunderson uh, from Fargo, played by Frances McDormand. Uh, in slot number two, it's the dude played by Jeff Bridges from Big Lebowski. Uh, then Jerry Lundegaard, uh, played by William H. Macy in Fargo. Uh, then Walter Subcheck, uh, played by John Goodman in The Big Lebowski. And number five, it's Carl Showalter, played by Steve Buscemi in Fargo. Uh, then Maud Lebowski, played by Julianne Moore in The Big Lebowski. Uh, then Norville Barnes, played by Tim Robbins in The Hudsucker Proxy. And finally, number eight, it is Brant, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Big Lebowski. Um, everybody had uh, Marge Gunnerson and Jerry Lundegaard coming out of round one. Um, the where, where the real uh, 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 debate and difference here was is that two verse seven uh, competition between the dude and Norville Barnes. Uh, mm. We had a lot of disagreement on this. Uh, hmm. Let's see. And between Walter and Carl or no? Uh, and between Walter and Carl, but it ended up being less. Everybody had Marge beating either of them, so it ended up being less impactful. Uh, mm-hmm. But the the dude Norville is is huge because some people have the winner of that going going deep into the tournament. Uh, so uh, let's see, Julie, you had Norville coming out of uh, round one. Um, uh, Griffin also had Norville yeah. coming out I mean, of round these, one. The Hudsucker stands, yeah. And then uh, Tom uh, and David had uh, the dude uh, coming out and uh, yeah. Tom, Tom has the dude going into the finals. So this was this was a very the dude yeah. versus Norville is really where it is, is going uh, is going down in Division two. So who who hates who hates not hate uh, who who actively dislikes Big Lebowski here? Uh, uh, Griffin, I don't actively dislike it is my second least favorite of movies I love. OK, that's that's all I'll say about that. Now, I. Mm-hmm. This is the only Hudsucker entrant in. That, that's why I voted for it too, thing. Griffin. I want mm-hmm. it to be represented. I think Jennifer Jason Lee's character. She's the best. Would have she's who I would go for. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I also if think. She's on the table. It's a tougher call, although right. not against the dude. The dude he, is sort of a yes. totemic character. He's David, not my favorite. You could favorite. almost say that the dude abides. Mm. He does. No, I, I'm just doing that to annoy Griffin. That's why Griffin hates this movie is because he hates the the bros. Quotabil- who the quotability like the, the, of the it. The college boy fandom. Is that you think wonder. that's what it is? I do he wonder because I like store. the film a lot. Remember that the, store? The Little Lebowski? <laughs> yes. It's called The Little Lebowski in Greenwich Village. Yeah. Um, I do think the dude probably would have beaten anyone else in this quadrant for me. And it was just that he was up against the only representative of Hudsucker, and I felt like I had to fight for that movie. Sure. I agree with Julie that he, Norville wouldn't have been my nominee from Hudsucker. It would be Jennifer Jason Lee, or who would be, who you yep, got? Yeah, I'm I, plenty I, happy. I'm I, happy I enough. Think, yeah, I think most likely that that would have been mm-hmm. it for me. Amy Archer, Amy Archer, that's her name. I also like Buzz, who makes the elevator do what she really? does. Really? <laughs> I like it when he and Anna Nicole Smith get together. Well, hey, I, how many how many filmmakers could say Anna Nicole Smith was in one of their movies? Not a lot. Tara Reid. The the Zookers can say it. <laughs> Let's not do a Zucker Brothers bracket. How about that? The the Zuckers have both Tara Reid and Anna Nicole Smith in their Is filmography. Is Zucker? I think it's Zucker. An an OJ. Yeah, and OJ. And OJ. Cohen's never got to work with OJ, unfortunately. Yet. Yet. Yeah. 
He's available. Yeah. OJ Supposed has kind of, he's become a bit of a Coen Brothers character, right? Yeah, he's popping on Twitter. Yes, he is kind of a Coen Brothers character. He loves catchphrases, has a True. particular vernacular. You know, he sort of talks into, the, hey, what, what does he always say? He's like, hey, Twitter world or whatever. He's got but, his little yeah, intro. But mm-hmm. one of the things I like about the Coen Brothers is they don't, they, they cut away when it's violence against women. They'll, they'll show the um, effect, mm-hmm. but with the exception of like Fargo when like she's kidnapped and you mm-hmm. see her being kidnapped and you see Carl and Grimjude like laugh at her when she's like falling in the snow. Mm. Um, they generally show the effect of violence against women. They don't, yes. they don't put it on camera cause they mm-hmm. really don't like it. Uh, but and I, but yeah. this is why I said I feel like OJ has become a Coen Brothers character. I think seventies, eighties, nineties OJ not a Coen Brothers character. I think OJ stealing his own memorabilia, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. much a Coen Brothers plot. Yeah. That and going to jail for that, it's true. Right, yeah. right. But he wouldn't have done that if he hadn't almost beheaded. You know what I mean? I, this is true. Mm-hmm. He's this a bad dude. This is yeah. true. look. What I was gonna just say, I almost picked in this round. As a tribute to the producer of the show, whose name is one of the characters, Brant, I almost picked eight over one just to honor you, Brant. Um, but then I said, no, Marge Gunderson <laughs> carries one of their best movies, and yeah. I need to honor that yeah, as uh, much as. It's a uh, it's Brett, and then I was gonna say too. Uh, the I did have Amy Archer in uh, this in like the final the rough list. draft. I, I yeah, had right. it, and I want to bring up too. There is another criteria for this uh, bracket, which is it's a little double threat biased. So I know having been on the show with uh, Tom and Julie, I had mm-hmm. and Julie. I did. I honestly, this is a big. I didn't realize you were such a big Hudsucker Proxy fan that I would have. I would have kept mm-hmm. drawn there. But I know you guys have talked about your love of Brant before. So I was like, let me get Brant in there. Mm-hmm. Sure, and no, I appreciate it. Amy, Amy, Amy we love Brant. We love yeah. Brant. I love. Brand. And mm-hmm. and Hoffman's maybe my favorite actor of all time, but Marge Gunderson, I think, is the best Coen Brothers hero. I think they rarely make films with protagonists who you could consider to be kind of straightforwardly heroic mm-hmm. in that way. Mr. Lundegaard, sorry to bother you again. Can I come in? Yeah, no, I'm kind of I'm uh, kind of busy here. I understand. I'll keep it real short then. I'm on my way out of town, but I was wondering, do you mind if I sit down? Carrying a bit of a load here. No. I... Yeah, it's this vehicle I asked you about yesterday. I was just wondering. Yeah, like I told you, we haven't had any vehicles go missing. Okay. Are you sure? Because I mean, how do you know? Because see, the crime I'm investigating, the perpetrators were driving a car with dealer plates, and they called someone who works here, so it'd be quite a coincidence if they weren't, you know, connected. Well, she's she's female Columbo. They, in the she middle is. of their career, they made female Columbo. But her, I, um, oh, I'm a mess. I have a rumpled raincoat. Is I'm pregnant. I, I'm carrying a bit of a load here. Do you mind if I right. sit down? And, right. and That's the Minnesota, she you off it's a big part yeah, of their the DNA. Minnesota like nice. this is another yeah. thing I thought about is like characters who represent different core tenets of their sensibility and their worldview. You know, you want to go deeper into the back at representing different types of characters. Mm-hmm. I also kind of wanted Charlie versus Marge to be that side of the bracket for oh. me. That felt like a real battle of like, you know, angel and devil sort yeah. of right. You know, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. elemental. Yeah. And Griffin, you have a, you have a um, Carl Showalter actually coming out of this division, which I, which I neglected to mention up top. I mean, that is uh, everybody else I think had Marge or the you know dude. What one of the strangest things about Fargo is, is that um, 
is that Shep Proudfoot had vouched for Grimjud, not Carl. Because yeah. Grimjud is such a like maniac that anybody <laughs> vouching for him is insane. <laughs> but he's less annoying. Carl is very annoying. I guess that's maybe sure. Shep's Carl's just only like, annoying he won't talk. because the other one won't yeah, yeah. It, I guess it brings I don't out know. the worst in him. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Brett. To your point, if Grimshud was here, he probably would have taken this whole quadrant mm. for me. That's mm, that's a, like a top five Coen Brothers performance smooth, of all smoothie. time. Mm. But um, th- my bias here is maybe that like uh, Carl Showalter is probably my dream role as an actor. You sure. know, like I'm probably just I look at this and I'm like, this is this is the best I could ever hope to do with the body I've been given and the voice mm-hmm. I have is this type of role in this type of movie. Buscemi is also a personal fave, but we but you talk about like trying to balance out different Coen Brothers types. It's it's this sort of um, uh, the, the people who get caught in the in the spiral, right? These characters who of their own making get caught in a hurricane where things get worse and worse and worse and worse and the panic increases, uh, like Jerry Lundegaard, of course, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like, uh, um, uh, excuse me, why am I forgetting his name? Simple Man, uh, Larry, in in uh, yeah. a later quadrant. Uh, Serious man. He's yes. not a simple man. I'm sorry. Um, okay. But... Uh, it, it, Carl felt like the best representative of that type for me. And especially when you're like, the Corn Brothers are obsessed with these sort of uh, bad criminals. You know, yeah. I think that's a, a real cornerstone and, and of their filmography. And he's my favorite example Marge, of that. And that is, spoiler alert, why Marge should win. Because as soon as they figured out if we have a Marge, I mean, not that there's a Marge character, but because we have Marge, we can enjoy human beings, mm. you know, like screwing up crimes and being insane the way they are in burn after reading, which is so nihilist because there's no Marge in it. Mm -hmm. If we have a Marge, we can just enjoy the human comedy of people digging themselves into holes. And that is how they like made magic is combining. It was like the, what Connery talks about in terms of like Tarantino figuring out, well, if I put revenge in the mix, then I can like be as sadistic as I want. Mm hmm. Because I would say to that, though, Julie, for my personal thing, that's why I have it comes down. And uh, Brad, if you could pull my bracket up for a second there, I have it comes down to Marge versus the dude. Mm -hmm. And I would say those are two of their strongest lead characters in one of their mystery type movies. Um, And. But for me, the appeal comes down to that Marge is ultimately a straight type character that we've seen before and seeing a complete moron at the center as the driving force of a detective thing is so enjoyable. Maybe it comes from, look, I wrote on Monk for eight years and the idea of having a total buffoon be the anchor of a detective story is incredibly appealing to me. And that's that's what that uh, is appealing. That's why that one works for me. And it's also, it was their take on Los Angeles. And I thought it was just tap. It was their take on the West coast detective genre mm-hmm. and right. the, the classic LA detective, you know, Raymond Chandler. Long goodbye. Exactly. That, All of yeah. just doing that. And then they, they, they just chose to put just like a, a, a dipshit at the center of it is 
perfect for me. And that's why I went with the dude all the way down to the finals. No, man, nothing is fucked here. Nothing is fucked? No, man. The goddamn plane has crashed into the mountain. No, man, come on. Uh, who are you going to believe? Those guys are... We dropped off the damn money. We? I. The royal we. You know, the editorial, I dropped off the money exactly as per... Look, man, I've got certain information, all right? Certain things have come to light, and... You know, has it ever occurred to you that uh, instead of... Uh, you know, running around uh, uh, blaming me, you know, given the nature of all this new shit, you know, it, it, this could be a, a, a lot more uh, 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 complex. I mean, it's not just, it might not be just such a simple, uh, you know? What in God's holy name are you blathering about? I, I also think, Tom, to that point, these are two characters, the, the dude and Marge, who like on paper are great, but also are unique, like characters that did not really exist in movies before this and certainly not within these genres of these types of stories. And then you have two actors who like add things to those characters from how they're conceived that you could not imagine anyone else mm -hmm. finding like they really are. Harmonious there. I mean, my bias, my bias maybe goes down to just I, I love character actors in general, and I feel like the Coen brothers write character parts and write for character actors better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. And I'm they now do. wondering how far I let any lead get in my bracket. But, I think but my leads Griff, always got knocked out by scene stealers. But like something like Jeff Bridges and the Big Lebowski is just a special where they're like, Agreed. that guy is capable of that performance and no one's done that. Like, why yeah. haven't they? handed Bridges a starring role where he can do that. You know, same with McDormand and Fargo or mm -hmm. whatever, you know, or Cage in Raising Arizona. They're and, just as good at that. That's why they're the best. And they're also, I, uh, I'm not I here to knock. Go ahead. Go ahead, Griffin. No, no. I just want to knock uh, Brett's uh, fuck up in this division. Yeah, please. please. Sure. Uh, Mike Yanagata. Yanagita. Mike Yanagita. Uh, yeah. Mike Yanagita. Yeah. Yanagita. Yeah, yeah. No, mm -hmm. yeah. Mike Yanagita. That's his name. Mike Yanagita. Yeah. Mike Yanagita. Um, I, yeah, there's no, to me, there's a lot of missing characters here before we, I'm sorry. I mean, I think excluding, uh, Jesus from the big Lebowski is fine. Mm -hmm. That's sort of a, sort of a memed character at this point. Right. Uh, but, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm no missing, Polito I guess I'm missing here. Peter Stormare the most. No Polito and Polito and big Lebowski. Yeah. You know, he's so funny. I mean, it's a small role. Hey, he's looking for a fellow, uh, a fellow Seamus. Um, yeah. But I would say this, the only knock I would have against Marge Gunderson is she's supposed to be such a good detective. She's married to the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> Shit. And she doesn't even realize it right under her nose. Sitting there drawing ducks. I don't know, Zodiac Tom, Killer. If the Zodiac Killer woke up that early and made me eggs, I might keep him around. So uh, let's move on to uh, Division 3. And actually, before we get there, I had a question um, uh, for Griffin and David. Along the theme of your podcast, where do you think mm. the Coens got their blank check? What movie, at what, at what phase do you think they get a blank check? I think their first blank check is uh, uh, Hudsucker. Let me agree with me. Yeah, that, I would agree with that. I would right. say that the sort of the first four movies, which are all made at a sort of similar scale, though mm -hmm. I think Miller's, uh, Miller's and Barton were, you know, a little bigger. But Hudsucker yeah. is the first time they're being handed really significant money 
by a major studio to make a really yeah, weird to movie. Make, like, to make a movie like that, that movie appeals to Julie Clausner and right, Griffin right. Newman. Exactly. That I mean, I love I, that movie, but... I just can't imagine them pitching it. Like I, no. I don't really, you know, that and, and so they and just it's just kind of like, well, these guys are magic. I guess we just give them the money, right? Joel Silver produced it. That's the other mm. insane thing. Like right. Joel Silver who almost exclusively made action movies, brought them into Warner Brothers, got them Paul Newman and made this incredibly expensive humongous uh, art directed out the ass uh like you Preston know, Surge's pastiche. Right. That's the closest one because they are t- they're kind of tough for a podcast podcast because they are notorious for coming in under budget all the time. Like they mm-hmm. were the sort of the famous like, well, you know what? They're always on time and under budget. So like it's a safe bet with them. That was kind mm-hmm. of how they would make their movies. I, I right. guess. But I'd say a, what's like Hudsucker is the big one. Griff, and right? then I'd say I'd say True Grit coming off of uh, the No Country is another big sort of like. Yeah kind yeah, of cash yeah. in but then that one that one works and that's their biggest hit hudsucker's their biggest flop right mm-hmm. otherwise they're smart and strategic about just sort of staying in their zone so that they mm-hmm. they never lose a ton of money for people yeah yeah so moving into division three this is uh the years 2000 to 2007 uh it starts with um oh brother where art thou and ends with no country for old men and then you've got lady killers man who wasn't there and intolerable yeah, i don't cruelty. really dig i don't really dig these movies generally but there's definitely like some spots in them that are that are really brilliant but mm-hmm. this is not my era for sure thinking about what you guys asked yeah before. for for it's, me this was weeks. like this is like Oh, brother, where art thou? Disliked it when I first saw it. Eventually yeah. warmed up to, like, parts of it. Uh, no Country for Old Men, I like just fine. Um, Man Who Wasn't There, I like. Lady Killers, and uh, not so much. And uh, Intolerable Cruelty uh, is, is, is fine. Yeah. I am a big Oh, brother, where art thou fan. Uh, and a big Intolerable Cruelty defender. Same. I think you are too, Griff. Man who wasn't there, yeah. I like. Yeah. Lady Killers, uh, I don't really like. That's the only one I don't really like. And uh I can't like I can't get to defense status with that one. Mm-hmm. And no yeah. country is great. I mean, no country right. is it rules. It's just it's just sort of it's so blunt. Like so it's that just sort of stre- a surprising yeah, that movie entry stresses me that. out. I don't think it's there's pretty any stressful. really yeah, yeah. I, I, there's, yeah. there's also not I'm sorry, I, I'm not crazy about I can't remember the actress's name, but there's not a lot of Women in that. There's Kelly uh, McDonald. Cormac this McCart- kind of. Cormac I'm not, McCarthy. I'm not crazy is, is about. Not a, I'm not crazy yeah. about her in sure. that. I'm not. I don't. I don't like that character. I liked her mom, and then her mom Great. immediately gets in that Beth car Brand. accident, and yeah. I was like, "Wow, there's mm-hmm. the only funny woman in that movie." Um, <laughs> right. I, not I a love, lot of humor in that one. His wife. She was cool, but like, I don't know. Not to be like, I am looking for to see. They they write so beautifully for women. So when I don't see women in their movies, I'm always bummed. And I always uh, felt like, yeah, oh, like brother, Griffin. where art thou had that mean streak in them when it comes to just their version of uh, the South. Mm-hmm. And I was at the, it was, that was what turned me off to it and still does, uh, honestly, because it's just it's just two two wise guy northerners just doing a, a cartoon version of of the South. Yeah, I loved it and uh, when it came out, and I'm guessing that was probably part of it that worked for me, and I've always defended it and hadn't seen it in a very long time, but I saw it like multiple times in theaters when it came out, and then I rewatched it in the last year, and it, it sank a little for me. It's in the bottom five for me okay. now, although I do mm-hmm. like it. Lady Killers is the bottom one, 
but it is a film I enjoy. Man Who Wasn't There, I think, is is the one I sort of boost I like it until others. it gets really weird. I like it until the aliens. Like, right, yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. It's a great um, Shaloub movie. Well, He's okay, so if it. we can talk about some some uh, exclusions from this region. Yeah, please. That's, yeah. that's my Cohen Shaloub. Sure. Um, I, I, uh, my, yeah, yeah. And I think talking about, like, who else has ever let Shaloub play that slick? You know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the kind of, like, love letter to this guy, giving him a gift to play a thing he almost never gets to do. He's so high status, he's but so But he also slick. has to stuff his face. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to waste your time, so I'll eat while we talk. You mind? You don't mind. So while I'm in town, I'm staying at the Hotel Metropole Turindo Suite. Yeah, it's goofy. They named the suites after operas. Room's okay, though. I poked around. I'm having them hold it for me on account of I'll be back and forth. So in addition to my retainer, you're paying hotel living expenses, secretarial, private eye if we need to make inquiries, head shrink or should we go that way? We'll talk about appeals if, as, and when. For right now, has she confessed? No, of course not. She didn't do it. Good. That helps. Not that she didn't do it, that she didn't confess. Of course, there's ways to deal with a confession, but that's good. Uh, here are some other uh, exceptions uh, for me that I perhaps the rest of the group will not defend as much. Uh, Creighton Tolliver is the name of the character that Polito plays. In uh, Man Who Wasn't There, which is also a great name. Uh, Charles Durning is Papio Daniel. Yeah. yeah. He's very funny. I'm not sure I'd make my, he'd make my eight, but I have a weird one coming, so. I had him shortlisted. I, I did have him shortlisted. The yeah. other one I want to throw out here, J.K. Simmons is Gary Pancake in The Lady no, Killers. No, no, I hate it. The, the, to this day, it's why I hate this. him. I know everyone hates I, this. I don't, honestly, I like. Garth Pancake. You're right. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I like him. I, I wrote he, down he, The only thing, honestly, I. I hate him, and that's movies why. <laughs> IBS stuff. He I have dog IBS right away. Maybe no, it's no, just no. representation on no. screen. Maybe that's all then, I'm looking. Then you for. should be offended. I'm not. Then you should be offended. I see myself. I see myself on screen. You're better than that. Thank you. I I'm a huge fan of Paul Adelstein's performance in Intolerable Cruelty as the put upon assistant lawyer Wrigley. I think it's one of the most undersung performances in the whole Cohen's. Oeuvre. Uh I love everyone in that movie though. I think Edward Herman is really funny in the movie. Richard mm -hmm. Jenkins is really funny that's, in that that's movie. That's the other one I had down. Sort of I had Richard Jenkins. Lawyer. Yeah, Freddie Bender. The, 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 yes. A, attorney. He's yes. so funny. Yeah, Jeffrey Rush is Richard good. Jenkins. Everyone's yeah. good in that movie. Yeah. That movie is so is that so movie terrific. Rules. And I know that movie like almost broke them and they hated making it or whatever, but like I, I love that. It movie. rules. It's so good. So Tom and Julie, you have uh, Anton Shigur coming out of this round into the finals, mm -hmm. uh, and oh, then yeah. uh, David had uh, Ulysses Ever McGill. That's George Clooney, oh, yeah. no brother out though. And then uh, Griffin, you had uh, you actually had yeah Ed Crane, uh, Billy Bob Thornton's character in, in the Man mm. Who Wasn't There. Um, I, was that a protest because I didn't include other characters from the Man Who Wasn't There, similar to uh, Norville Barnes, or what was the thinking no, there? No, look, I made some chaotic choices in this uh, quadrant, and and Brett, you can attest, I I changed my mind about five minutes after I sent the email and made my my choices even more chaotic than they had been. In well, can I actually submission. say too? I was very much looking forward to hearing you defend uh, Professor G H Dor over Anton Shigur. Okay, in, so in I picked Professor G H Dor over Anton. <laughs> That's Shigur. Tom Hanks, right? 
which I I realize is uh, an insane choice. But then I but then I switched Anton Chigurh at the last second, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, my my there. my argument was just I mean, and both of these characters kind of stand to this of just like who else in the world would create this character, and even this character is so different than the um, Alec Guinness version of it, and also just kind of impressed that the Coen brothers are the only directors I would argue to ever make Tom Hanks purposefully unpleasant. You know, I think other times where Tom Hanks has played anti-hero, there's still something noble (laughs) about him, you know, like like a road to perdition or something. And then Mm -hmm. their performances like Larry Crown and Polar Express where he is unpleasant, but that's a failing of tonal control. Yeah, but you never Um, saw the terminal then. Sure, sure. But but I had I had to Maybe give it to the Shigure. least likable character I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Which one? The Terminal, the Steven Spielberg movie, The Terminal, uh, where he's v- just Victor like, Navorsky. Victor Navorsky. He's like, I need to fly from Krakosia. Yeah, <laughs> I love jazz. But this is what I'm saying. That Spielberg wants him to be lovable in that movie. Mm. Like he wants him to be Yakov Smirnoff, and instead he's unpleasant. R- Professor, imagine G. what Dor- kind of weirdo who'd want to. What kind of weirdo loves hanging out at an airport? Um, that would have been a great question for the late great Harris Whittles when he was working up the uh, treatment for the pilot he was working on. Remember? That's true. He had. This is one of my favorite moments in in anything history ever. Is <laughs> Julie had Harris on the late, on, the late great? Ha- you guys knew Harris. Did you guys oh, yeah. know Harris? Yeah, not personally, but huge. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, how was your week? One of the sweetest people the ever. Best. Yeah. And he was telling Julie about what he's working on now. He's like, "Well, I'm working on a, a pilot with Brian Baumgartner, uh, Kevin from the <laughs> Office, and it's him as the guy who handles like the luggage." <laughs> <laughs> the the carousels like, at the airport and, and set at an air it set at an airport yeah and you you responded by saying what now <laughs> you you remember oh you were just like who wants to see that that <laughs> <laughs> was just one of the greatest <laughs> moments that you said to somebody <laughs> writing and de- developing a pilot no one wants nobody to see wants that. to see that <laughs> And now he now he's the king of cameo, right? Oh, that piece yeah. of shit. He's also like he's also like a very he's like the the spokesperson for dairy, yeah, for the mm-hmm. dairy council, which yeah. is like oh, I hope that that means that it's the death rattle of of the the yeah. dairy. Uh, I mean, that's it. Yeah. Milk milk Hate. milk is doomed. Yeah. I hope so. I hope country. that's what it means. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Hi, Julie. How are you, Julie? It's me, Brian. <laughs> yeah, like He's like out of breath, telling you how good milk is. Yeah, on the yeah. beach, they they took him to the they took him to Venice yeah. Beach. Like I'm interviewing people about milk. <laughs> Brett, would you mind scrolling back up? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So th- this is the thing I want to talk about. So I was I was doing Professor GH Store, perhaps just as like a, a a chaos pick, maybe going against the grain that Anton Sugar felt so. Uh, obvious and inevitable. But then I, I was just like, you're being dumb. Fucking go with sugar. But the ripple effect of this is that I, I had picked uh, Sheriff Ed Tom Bell as my representative for No Country because I do love No Country. And when and I gave it to so Shugur, good in that movie. he's incredible. But then I started Rocks to go house. like, 
Well, but that's really the Tommy Lee Jones performance, right? That's perfect casting. How much do I love that character as an idea versus that performance, which is a top Coen Brothers performance? And so then I flipped the ripple effect of going with Chigurh I flipped to Gus Petch and Intolerable Cruelty, yeah. which for me is the argument for how much the Coens can do with very little. This guy's guy got says like, he's going to nail your ass. Right. He pretty he much has one line. He says he is four five minutes on screen tops. You feel like you totally know this guy. You want more. I mean, you, you essentially have like one Cedric monologue behind a desk where he nails like four good jokes, says, I'm going to nail your ass eight times. And then mm -hmm. the movie ends on him as a button and you're satisfied. You're happy they brought mm -hmm. him back. Oh, yeah, God. I'm going to nail your ass. I'm going to nail your ass. I'm going to nail your ass. Yep, I nailed his ass. I thought he got grown trains. They never grow up, lady. They just get tubby. How charming. Anaphorist. Oh, yeah. I've always had ample proportions, but believe you me, it's all muscle. It's hard as a rock. I'm not one of these cream puffs sit behind the desk private dicks. I'm an ass nailer. So I see. Gym four times a week, hour and a half plus stretching. Life cycle, life step, life circuit. Gus Pets don't pussyfoot around. I must say, for someone in your line of work, you don't exhibit a great deal of tact. You want tact? Call tactician. You want an ass nail? You call Gus Petch. Yeah, he rules in that movie. He's mm -hmm. so funny. I got it. And then moving to the uh, final uh, division, uh, what, what uh, arguably their the, their finest period. Uh, now we're talking. Now two, we're talking. 2008 to 2018. This, was, this is the uh, the boys are back in town era. Yeah. A Serious Man, Burn After Reading, Hail Caesar, uh, Inside Lewin Davis, uh, the, and The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Um, so I want to kick this off uh, with our only, uh, after Griffin changed his uh, pick, the only eight seed that beat a one seed was on uh, Julie's ballot, uh, picking Linda Litsky, Francis mm -hmm. McDormand in Burn After Reading, over uh, Larry Gopnik, uh, mm -hmm. Michael Stuhlbarg in A Serious Man. This was the only eight seed over one seed, Julie. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. Julie, it was, it was a coin toss for me, and I regret my choice. I, I wish I'd gone Linda. Wait, what do you mean? I'm the only person that chose Linda Litsky over Larry Gopnik? Yeah, you're the only one, and it's the only, you know, if eight, the eight seed is like the lowest seed in the round. Uh, oh, yeah, so you're the, this I, is yeah, the, I like I like Linda because she knows what she wants. There's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people in that movie that are like actively avoiding something or turning something away, or they're like, you know, enjoying themselves as they're kind of spiraling out. Mm -hmm. But Linda like starts that movie knowing what she wants. And at the end she gets it. She's just, like, I, I've just, I've seldom seen a character that is like so specifically like focused and, you know, she doesn't get like a, a boyfriend at the end, but she gets those surgeries. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's really interesting how, you know, like she's just, she's got laser focus and the whole rest of the world is on fire, but she's still, you know, like stays on her path. I also think that movie's fascinating about like people that are all bad at their jobs because things in movies I really like generally that make characters really appealing is that they are good at their jobs. Mm. And I guess um, Richard Jenkins character is, I don't even know if he's good though, because he should have fired them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the only yeah. guy who's good is the, is the, is the like custodian that said like, it was just lying there and he mm -hmm. picked it up. <laughs> but um, I just think that's such a, like <laughs> remarkable, like comment on just like no one's at the wheel. Yeah. For me, that movie again, feels like the Coens have disdain for average people. And <laughs> that, that movie is just them picking on regular people. 
Wow. But they're not regular because they're in DC. They're they're like um it's whatever, like not Hollywood for ugly people, but it's like powerful people that actually make the world run mm. and that their the flaws cats. are the problem. Capitol Hill. That, well, yeah, they they basically like it's it's Doctor Strange love, right? Like they just like set off the war because they're just like idiots. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I can jump down to the bottom match, this is why I love Osborne Cox. Oh, I Osborne, love. Oh my God, I Osborne love Ozzy Cox. Right, he's a I, he's a this fucking was the pretentious asshole. Okay, Oz, the Osborne Cox Cy Abelman pair up. Brett, I must tip my hat to you. That is the most appropriate and yeah. challenging. Yeah, yeah. Matchup yeah, yeah. ever. I, I, my, I lost my mind when I saw that. It was so hard for me to choose. Because it, it had to be Ozzy for me, though. I just I love I, Osborne Cox. Yes. I have a theory that he wakes up from his coma and then just like takes revenge in the sequel. The unauthorized dissemination of classified material is a federal crime. If you ever carried out your proposed threat, you would experience such a shitstorm of consequences, my friend that your empty little head would be spinning faster than the wheels of your Schwinn bicycle back there. You think that's a Schwinn. Now, give me the fucking floppy or the CD or whatever the fuck it is. As soon and as I'll you give us the way. money, dickwad. I have to say, a lot of burn after reading championing happening going on. That's fine. But mm -hmm. I mean, Cy Abelman and Larry Gopnik Th no. That's the I eventually Cohen's voted. I have, I eventually voted for Cy, David. I'll have you know. Sure, you had to I, go for Cy in the end, right? I had to go. The Jolly Roger is imminently, <laughs> <laughs> imminently reaching, ha habitable. Did he say? What does he say? Like, yes, I believe that's it. Yes, uh, the it's like them reaching into their deepest, like darkest childhood you know sort of half remembered memories they're picking these like very little known actors putting them in their movie that they're making after no country for old men like everything about a serious man i just it just deserves ultimate respect yeah. in my opinion a serious man michael is my favorite was Cohen nobody movie. wow a serious man I, is that, my favorite that's Cohen a fair argument movie, is it tom that's absolutely i have oh my god Wait, I have before you say i have it third yes. but i respect that I, Inside yeah. Lou and yeah. Davis is my second favorite Coen Brothers. Movie. I want to hear all about that, Tom. I love that. But wait, before I do, I just wanted to say off of what David said. I always said that David Lynch's movies are like the dreams of wasps. Mm -hmm. And this, to me, based on what you said, a serious man is like the dreams of Jews, especially like Jews, Jews from the Midwest. They're Jewish but, panic yeah. dreams. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, a serious man is the movie that me and my mother, who is a Jewish woman who grew up in upstate New York, like bonded over the most from coming from completely opposite angles Upstate, where I'm like, like oh, cats like Catskills or what's Utica or higher way okay. way up way yeah, up yeah. way okay. up um I'm like oh my god like the Coens they made this dark movie it's about you know uh, absurdity and horror and nihilism and she's like that's exactly what like the rabbis are like she was just like he they fucking nailed it like that's just what all those fucking rabbis were like okay can uh, i throw out so, an omission yes. in this quadrant speaking to that yes not please, and not please. before not before i hear why it's tom's favorite movie why a serious man is i just think it's the culmination of their work i think they finally told yeah. their own story in a in a strange way after going down so many roads and telling things from so many different time periods they they it's them telling their version of their life it's the closest to to be uh autobiographical as they'll ever get really 
to keep things on an even keel leading up to Danny's bar mitzvah. Child's bar mitzvah. Sai and I think it's best if you move out of the house. Move out? Well, it makes eminent sense. Things can't continue as Move they... out? Where would I go? Well, for instance, the Jolly Roger is quite livable. It's not expensive. The rooms are eminently habitable. This would allow you to visit the kids. There's convenience in its favor. You've got a pool. Wouldn't it make more sense for you to move in with Sai? Larry. Larry, you, you are jesting. I think, really, the Jolly Roger is the appropriate course of action. This is what I'm going to just say is that uh, uh, the part of uh, Larry Gomnick was uh, originally supposed to be played by uh, Mr. Tony Mr. Shalhoub. Wow. Makes uh, sense. Could not do it because of scheduling conflicts. Wow. Um, oh, my gosh. With Monk, was it? I assume it was. I, was I, think, so, prob- I think so. Because yeah, he was working right. nine months a year on Monk. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he but was see, he just said yeah. the he said it was meant to be for. Uh, Stuhlbarg. Stuhlbarg. Right. He yeah. was just yeah. like, he said, that's how it should have gone. So, and it, and it, and it, and it made him, it launched him. It, you yeah. know, yeah. It's, it, it made a career. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was exciting to see a fresh face in that movie, especially coming yeah. off an Oscar mm-hmm. win where they had the clout to do that, you know? Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. I was once set up uh, with Michael Stuhlbarg wow. um, at a party and he um, never uh, called me back. <laughs> Rude. No, Damn. it's fine. It's nice to have it's a choice. Not it's not it, fine. It is, it, it, it is what it is. Okay. It is funny though that that's like that's their post Oscar movie and the biggest names in it are Richard Kind and Fiveish Finkel, like they yeah. just could do whatever they wanted at that point. Uh, now Tom and David, you both have Lewin Davis coming out of this round into the oh, finals. Yeah. Uh, we oh, haven't yeah. talked about that yet. Uh, what 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 what's uh, made Lewin stand out from this? Well, very the, 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 the inside Lewin Davis is one of the most profound statements about failure that I've ever seen in my life, and uh, no movie has resonated with me more in regard to my own struggles of failure as this it felt like it was uh torn from my own headlines so to speak and Uh, if someone could make a cut that doesn't have the cat in it i mm -hmm. will watch it again sure (laughs) the cat's kind of crucial it's a big part kind of a plot driver i i you're just like again stressed out for some reason right right and to me it's just one of the most beautifully depicted uh uh, interpretations of just of, of futility and how it just starts all over again at the beginning. But now you add a new level of futility to it when Bob Dylan hits the scene. And I, um, I agree with this. Of course, it's it's like adding another verse to a a, a, a folks a tragic folk song. Um, I just want to say about my my choice of Lewin uh, from this quadrant, I get. I feel like I'm picking from all four quadrants. I'm picking thematically as well. I do think he exemplified. This is the darkest Cohen phase of these four phases. Their final, their most recent. These movies are very nihilistic and very sort of you know caustic about the human existence, which I love, and I do think Lewin embodies that. And I wanted him going up against Ulysses from the the, the previous phase, who's kind of like best example for you know that's the most cartoonish like he's foolish he's the sort of king fool i love those cohen movies with clooney as the american idiot right you know which sort of who like mm-hmm. recurs through history and yeah Lew- lewin versus ulysses felt very profound to me yeah this is a death obsessed uh period for them uh, where everything Absolutely. it just has the specter of aging and death hanging over it uh even more so 
Now, than... I just want to say that I picked Buster Scruggs, despite the fact that I find Lewin Davis to be such a profound performance and character, because I just laugh at literally every fucking thing Tim Blake Nielsen he, does in that movie. I, I, he's so funny. I watched this segment over and over and over so again good. on our podcast. He was my pick for best supporting actor that year. I would have given yeah. him the trophy. I just think this is one of my favorite comedic performances ever. And the fact that he like taught himself how to play guitar how to sing, how to horseback ride, all for this movie. Uh, it's it's just, it's so fucking funny. This character is so fucking funny. Mm -hmm. And yet my favorite Buster Scruggs character might be Tom Waits as the prospector. He might Ooh. be even better. That's such a huge performance yeah, for me. It didn't hit anything important. Mr. Mr. Pocket. Pocket. Mr. Pocket. I yeah. saw something that someone said on Twitter that said that if there's only one cone universe, it's like it's clear that Buster Scruggs and wearing Hudsucker are like in the same heaven. Mm. <laughs> they both right. have like the, Little the halos, you know. The halo. <laughs> now, Brett, I think your big yes. omission. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. In this quadrant for my money, I was just astonished as much as I love Ray Fiennes. And Lawrence, Lawrence. I, I'm with you on this, Griff. I'm with you on this. Hobie Doyle, Hobie yeah. Doyle, yeah, the guy he's talking to, and Hail Caesar. He is mm -hmm. the the Marge Gunderson of this era for them. He's he's the one pure figure. Mm -hmm. The Alden Ehrenreich, of course, he's referring yes. to. Hobie Doyle, the yeah. singing cowboy. Mm -hmm. I did. Yeah, great I thought he, I thought he was great in that movie. There's just something about that one scene. Well, it's, it's the reason I went with Lawrence is because. I love Hobie Doyle so much, but I feel like Lorenz gets the better. As soon as Lorenz comes in, Fines is just so good. They have that scene together that Fines sort of takes the edge over him. I don't know. I, to me, when I saw them head to head, Fines takes the takes the takes that scene. So it but became like a head to head battle between the Al two of them. Alden Alden Erich is maybe doing the the Ginger Rogers work in that scene. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's less yeah. showy. Mm -hmm. finds a scoring the laughs but mm -hmm. i i think he is one of the as we we're saying he's one of the few characters you genuinely root for in sure, the cohen's sure. filmography yes. who is and, truly and, a pure soul who allows other people to fall into the muck brant i thought you did a great job with this though overall just now i yeah. know there's going to be uh discrepancies here and there but we all tip our collective cowboy hats to you and if anybody's writing about this on reddit which i don't read mm -hmm. please just mention my perfect tits <laughs> <laughs> now i thought we could wrap up the uh, coen brothers tournament of characters by uh having each of you tell us who won your bracket who was the who was your all-time favorite coen brothers character at least the ones listed on this uh uh, uh admittedly uh incomplete bracket uh who who won your bracket and tell us uh and tell us why kick us off julie please i think it ended up with marge versus anton which i mean i don't think it's as simple as good and evil i don't think marge is a perfect person i think that um she like has to be a little cold in order to compartmentalize to do her job well i think that's i think that she's really good with like maintaining boundaries with people that want to talk to her while she's eating um but also uh knows how to take care of herself and tell mike yanagita to like you know scooch back on the other side of the the table so there's certain like woman things she knows that we all do but 
she's not perfect. Like I think that um I think she's <laughs> I think that she couldn't wait for backup. You know, I think that's one way of thinking about her. Like I just don't want her to be like this perfect kind of that like virgin mommy Mary that everybody kind of assigns perfect women to. I think that she is flawed, but she's just so exciting and so special. And I just love watching her like go to town on that sandwich in her car while she's trying to figure out what she needs to do next, which of course she does. Um, and then just, you know, artistically, like I said, I think that she was something that these guys sort of discovered. Like if we add her, then we can watch idiots like, you know, cause chaos. And that's really funny and fun to us, but also, you know, have our cake and eat it too by having someone remind you that it's a beautiful day and that it's just a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a little bit then, of money. Just and then Anton money. to me, um, I think is just, um, <laughs> I mean, it's just pure. It, I, I don't, I don't even think he represents chaos. It just seems he's so deliberate. I mean, that was like, there's just so much. I, I, I don't know. I just remember when he won the Oscar too. He was like, they made me wear a stupid haircut. And I was like, have I grown up watching too many episodes of the monkeys? Cause he looked great. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, what? That's the best he's ever looked. Am I crazy? He looked amazing. So that's how you end up. That's how you end up with, with Marge versus Anton ultimately mm. it is. Oh yeah. Was that what I was talking about? Yeah. yeah. So, so, but you had also Cy came out of the one bracket and then, so Cy, Anton beat Cy and Marge beat Ed for mm -hmm. you to go to mm -hmm. Anton versus Marge. And you. Oh, I think no Marge did. Yeah. You're probably. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm bad at reading these. No, no, no. So you ended up with uh, the, in the, the, the final four would be Marge, Cy, Anton and Ed. And then mm -hmm. the, f the finals is between Marge and Anton. And it comes down to Marge. Although. When I, I mean, I think about it and I wish that Ed could have beat Anton, like getting off mm -hmm. of her, you know, <laughs> just like getting out of her cop car and like mm -hmm. stalking him, like what's his name? Warthog from hell. But I, I think, um, Pumbaa. I think Anton isn't a warthog from hell. I think he is like the guy who runs the place. So mm -hmm. I'd be worried about Ed. David, what's your final four? So my final four were. Marge, uh, Charlie from Barton Fink, Ulysses from O Brother, and Lewin. And I had Marge going to the finals against Ulysses, slightly to my own surprise, but I wanted a comedy character in the final. I, you know, I wanted a dramatic character and a com comedic character. Obviously, there's mix, you know, there's a mix of everything in all these movies, but I also felt like it was kind of funny for Lewin to lo lose to such a loser uh, in Ulysses. There was something sort of uh, dramatically effective about that. Whereas like Marge would just be nice to Lewin. Like I, I don't think Marge and Lewin would. That's not really a clash of the titans. Like Marge would just be like, can I buy you breakfast? Are you all right? Mm -hmm. Do you need a blanket? Like, um so she'd say, 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 how's the frickency? And she'd say, pretty darn good. You want some without looking up? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, like it just like as much as I adore Lewin Davis, I just couldn't get him to the finals. Like mm -hmm. the, the man is just not, he's not put together enough to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think Ulysses is just like one of the best comic performances of the century. I think it's almost underrated how good Clooney is in that movie, but I do have Marge as my victor as well. Sure, she just, sure. she's built to win a bracket. 
you know, a be- mm-hmm. beyond being such a beautifully created character. Like she's she's such a triumphant character. Like she's just that's you, you know she, you, she gets her man, and it's not easy for her either. That we get to watch her struggle a little is really satisfying. It just it, abs- it just ultimately yes. like shows off the thing that she represents, which is humanity. Mm-hmm. And and you know you're at the end of that movie and you're you're on the first time you see Fargo you're unpacking it it's such a you know sort of strange cataclysm at the end and she's just talking and it's so soothing it's so powerful <laughs> making me want to watch all the Cohen movies yeah. honestly mm-hmm. yeah, I watch yeah, more than anything time. yeah so we got two for Marge Marge uh, is one on two brackets now um, uh, Griffin let's go to your bracket yeah um, who's your I, final four. Yeah, so my my final four was uh, uh, Charlie Meadows, uh, Ed Crane, uh, uh, Carl, uh, Showalter, and Osborne Cox. I I really I went I went deep for my my character actors, um, and uh, I have Osborne beats Carl, uh, and then. What? It, Wait, that's crazy. Okay, I whatever. love Osborne Cox. I he he's I, smarter. He's yeah, smarter. Yeah, and I just love he he's sort of Shakespearean in his hubris. Also, just memoir alone gets him memoir. to final four for me. His memoir. Yeah. Um, and then right, and then my top battle was uh, Charlie Meadows versus Ed Crane. Uh, and and I I went I went Charlie Meadows. It maybe speaks to where my uh, my headspace is right now. That I just I gave in to evil. I just said like, of course Satan wins this whole thing, rather than believing in the goodness of Marge. Um, but but it's for me. It's like it's it's the ultimate Cohen performance and the ultimate Cohen characters. Uh, John Goodman as uh, Hotel Satan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom, yeah. I had for my finals, I had Ed uh, from uh, from Raising Arizona, and then I had the dude from Big Lebowski. Then I had Lewin Davis and Anton Churga, <laughs> and uh, I went for my final two was the dude versus Lewin Davis, and it might make me sound like a basic bitch, but I just got to go with the dude because yeah, wow. that's the most fun I think they've ever been. It's like one of the most fun times they've ever had with a character at the center of their movies. If not the most fun is with that character. And I know everybody jumps on it and is like, it brings out the worst in some, some dummies, but uh, I can't be concerned with that. I can only go with my, with my own personal taste. And that movie is is so funny and so enjoyable for me to watch. And uh, I just have to honor that and go with the dude. Maybe I need to rewatch that tonight. Yeah. I think you should throw that on Griffith rules. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. I haven't my watched favorite, it in a while. It also my has favorite. a subtle thing in it that is like, it's because the, the Coens are not big on, on movies that take place in present day. It's never mm-hmm. been their thing. And even in that movie, they had to just date it six years before it came. Like it had to take right. place in 91. The Gulf War. Right. Like, like they couldn't just make, it was almost present day, but they still had to have just enough of, of make it just enough of a period piece that well, it felt like they had control. period filmmakers, which is so interesting to me that they're period filmmakers. I mean, is Burn After Reading the only like present tense one? Hmm. I mean, I guess uh, raising Arizona I guess. is not a period thing, right? Right. 
right. blood symbols. Intolerable cruelty, Im- right. Intolerable yeah. cruelty is present day, right? Is Lady uh, Killers where? When is Lady, Lady Killers? Killers? Lady Killers is just an amorphous cluster right. of right. weirdness. I was gonna say, it takes right. place present day, but in hell, like in the pits <laughs> right. of hell. Yeah, it is funny. I Certain guess Far- Fargo never... is Fargo is present oh, day. Oh yeah. no, it's not. It's the eighties. No, no, it's, it's not. It's set really? in the eighties. Yes. How yes. did I forget yeah. that? Wow. Yes, yeah. Yeah. it's it's set a few years earlier. Oh right, yeah. Because they're trying to act like it's they're pretending that it's based on a true story, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. It is funny how certain filmmakers, I rewatched all of the Todd Haynes movies. He's never once made a movie set in the present day. Huh. I can't imagine a Todd Haynes movie set in the present day, honestly. But yeah. I mean, he's come close. Like, uh, it, would water, be a little bit ch- it would be a little right. choogy of him. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Big Lebowski moment is when he 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 takes the notepad from Ben Gazzara and he yeah. he you know brushes the pencil against it and he just drew yeah. a picture of himself with a giant dick. Yeah. I think that might be the funniest single. Yeah, Jackie, where's Jackie Treehorn in this? Yeah. Jackie where's Jackie yeah. Treehorn? Oh God, we got the dude. What's up, the dude? When he's in that house, and he's just being the most Ben Gazzara ben that Ben Gazzara he's has being ever the been. Gazzariest. I, I think, though, I mean, where we started in this episode is is where we should uh, land, which is, Brett, I agree you did a, a good job with a tough assignment, but you still have to atone for the fact that you gave John Polito the hi-hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you can make your own bracket, and then we'll all come on your fucking podcast. Oh, I love that. That is so <laughs> wow. There you go. Wow, right knives there. out. Wow. Right wow. there. Somebody just took out their... Griffin just got knocked across the room. I wow. love yeah. it. Somebody I love it. Somebody just took out their it. cow puncher. You just got cow All punched. All I want for you just got cow punched. Fucking Danny boy with Brent. the Tommy gun. By Brant. By Brant. He just cow punched By you. By Brant. I love that. Wow. That's Brad. And this love concludes uh, the, the Cullen Brothers uh, uh, tournament of characters. Uh, <laughs> all of the lemon, all the lemon delight rage just went into that moment. I love it. I love it so sorry, much. Griffin, a, I've had a rough week. This it's just what been I a, like, No, you don't, don't apologize. You don't apologize. Brett, you did, a, <laughs> yeah. you did an outstanding job, and I appreciate all the work you put into it. And it shows why you're the best in the biz, and I the salute you. Biz. And you're what makes Double Threat great. You are my lemon delight. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, thank you so hey, much. Hey, it's me, Sal Dezito. Here's how to make my favorite dessert. <laughs> and look, you can get it. D- go uh, fuck yourself. Blank Check, blank check is a hit yeah. podcast. Yes. And Griffin and David are are superstars. In, wow. And wow. they, uh, it's an honor to have both of them on uh, because everybody loves what they do individually and collectively. And so we appreciate you taking the work for something as labor intensive as this episode was. So, yeah. And you can get for new Brett. episodes of blank check. What day of the week? Uh, they come uh, out Sundays. Uh, Sundays, Sundays, Sunday. uh, the only Sunday, Sunday podcast, the only Sunday podcast. Yeah, and for some uh, reason we come out on a Sunday. I don't really know why them, it's them. And, uh, and, uh, Joseph Osteen both put their podcasts out on Sundays. Oh, yeah. Well, we were preaching that prosperity <laughs> gospel over a blank check. Uh, well, thank you both for being on the show. Uh, it's a total treat and we wish you nothing but the best in all your future endeavors. And hopefully one day, Griffin, you get that part that you get to do your Michael Showalter and you get to play Carl Showalter or Michael Showalter. Show I'll do either one. Right. Yeah. Okay. I hope That's my someday hope. Yeah. that happens. 
and I'll be there cheering you on. I'll be first in line. I'll say one for the new Griffin Newman movie, please. I want to I want to get shoved in a wood chipper. Take a, take a number, baby. And I'll and I'll do my own stunts. <laughs> Just put me in there for real. Well, thank you both. Thanks. Thank you for having us. So, Honor and a privilege. It was, it was a blast. Yeah. Brad, where who would be in your final four? Uh, give us a real Ooh, quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I would say uh, out of the first bracket, let's see. Um, I mean, I kind of give it away with my seating. You know, I, I think I sure. would have Ed, Ed coming out of the first uh, bracket mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I think um, I, you know, I like I, Marge is a, is a really, I mean, I kind of I will say I, I liked Griffin's defense of Carl Showalter, the Steve Buscemi mm-hmm. character in Fargo. Uh, so I might I might uh, it originally would have been Marge. I, I like Carl Showalter, though. I like I like uh, uh, him coming out of that. So I would say Carl, okay. Ed. Um, Got to be Anton Chigurh coming out of that mm-hmm. uh, other one. Um, and then uh, I'm a Cy Abelman guy. So Cy Abelman coming. Sure. So be, yeah. yeah. So it'd be uh, Ed, Carl. Uh, Anton and Sai. Yes. So Ed yeah, versus yeah. Carl, who wins that one? Uh, that's got to be Ed for me. Ed's kind of my okay. Mar. Ed's kind of my Marge. I don't know. That that was the okay. first. Ed, yeah, Ed, there's yeah like, I get that. There's a personal totally. thing too. That is just like the first. Yep. Um, that was like uh, my family's like you know pretty straight laced when it comes to movies, but that was like Raising Arizona was like a huge hit mm-hmm. movie in my family, and it was like the one. Yeah, movie mine too. I always yeah. felt like it was a huge comedy in the rest of the world, and then I realized no, it was just my family. So yeah. Ed makes it out of that the, between those two brackets. Yes. Ed goes to the Loved finals Ed forever. Anton versus Cy. Um, I will go with um because this I'll, I'll go with Anton the scene the the coin flip scene the gas station to me is like one of okay. the all-time great scenes in so now you've got Ed so versus I got Anton Ed versus Anton and then I'm going to go with Ed uh she's oh. the first first Coen brothers character that really that really spoke to me uh and uh has just every time I go back to that movie I'm just a big Holly Hunter fan in general so I got to go yeah. with that I got to go with Ed she's Well amazing. that's great no that's yeah. awesome well Yeah we got some we got some decent people coming over later <laughs> Thank you to Griffin Newman and David Sims for coming on the show. It was a lot of fun. And thank you again, Brett, for that was really above and beyond with all that work. Thank you. My pleasure. And you listen to me, Brett. Anybody yeah. I can pick on you, give you the business. Julie can give you the business a little bit. Anybody else starts giving you the business. Yeah, yeah. D E D. They are D E D dead. I mean, hearing you guys take my side against Sal Dorizo, I cannot tell you. That's like, oh, that's that like, guy is, oh. You listen to me, Sal Dorizo. Yeah. We're coming for you. We're coming to the Amalfi Coast. Yeah. And we brought our swimsuits and yeah. $1,100 worth of weed. Yeah. And we got <laughs> all the ingredients for you to make a, a close encounters of the third kind sized lemon delight that our friend Brett can just jump inside of. And we're going to clean your clock and eat all your food. What if that, what if Julie, what if Brett, what if uh, Brett's lovely spouse and the baby come home and then Brett's got a giant 
lemon delight pilled what if you mean when that's gonna be christmas day he's shoving he's shoving lemons through the window and then you hear the the music goes (laughs) christmas time is here well thank you for listening to double threat we'll be back with another episode as we get close to wrapping up 2021 one more episode in 2021 we got one more for you then we're going to be uh, on a little we break do? for a couple of weeks yeah one more episode uh and then <laughs> is that all right and it's going to be fun because it is our all seinfeld episode so Stop get ready it. well thanks everybody for listening and we'll be back and double threat uh, this is your last chance to probably get some of the stuff as Christmas gifts. Yeah. If you wanted to, uh, the shirts. Are people we have. buying our merch, Brett? Are they people are, buying our merch? They are. Yeah. The countdown was a big hit. That kind of that reinvigorated it. I, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get a couple new designs. We got a couple new designs in the queue. I'm gonna try to get those out before before uh, holiday shopping. You uh, got a is lot over. of stuff mm-hmm. going on though. I know you're yeah. got some travel. So do the best you can. Do the best yes. I can. Keep an eye on that store though. That's uh, tpublic.com/store/double-threat. Thank you so much, and bye. See you soon. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.